If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You guys are in for a treat. Kind of a... In this episode. Whirlwind. It was it a... Was. We go left. Then we, we go, go right. right. We zig, we zag. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, Jordan Shallow, one of our good friends, the extremely knowledgeable, technical, mm. uh, powerlifting, and movement wizard... This guy is, uh, I've, t- I've called him Beast before, but I don't mean he's a beast because he's a big dude, although he is. Mm. He is Beast from X-Men. He's, mm-hmm. the, he's the blue monster guy who's really strong, but then is super smart. So it's this weird, this weird combination. To the point that we are going to have to write a guide for some people <laughs> yeah. post-show on how to um, figure out what half the stuff he says sometimes is. I always tease him about every time he comes on the show. But you know what? We actually touched on this in the in the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, he he his goal really is to educate the educators. Mm-hmm. So you know, Perfect. even yeah, right. Yep. Even though I'm I'm teasing him, then that that is the right vocabulary to use for the people that he's speaking to. He's not trying. He's not admitting that I'm trying to reach the masses or the average Jane or Joe who's listening. I'm trying to school the people out there that teach are, the teachers right yeah right. and you know what do we talk about in this well we go into his travels we talk about him and ben pikulski those are f- funny stories he tells some mm-hmm. funny stories there what they teach each other because uh, of course pikulski is this super smart uh, educated bodybuilder right and they Shallow. don't agree on everything they don't which i thought is is fantastic they don't and um so that was really cool and then uh we talk about some of his personal stuff he's going through some difficult times right now so it gets uh, you know pretty deep there, and then we get on the phone with one of our friends. Nice little surprise in the episode. And, yeah, and the it episode, turns real spicy. Well, real quick. about about four days ago, Ben Greenfield had dropped a, a tweet uh, about vaccines and super controversial, and I sent a message saying I, I got to get you on the podcast and and ask a few questions. Um, mainly, what the fuck were you thinking to say a statement like that? Um, and so we had him on the show and just briefly, we, we called him and and let him explain a little bit and then hung up. And to be honest, as good as this entire episode is, it became fire after Mm. that because then it was like charged, right? Well then, then shallow put kind of his two cents in and then we went down a little bit of the, the political, political rabbit hole. Um, but was, what's nice. And I think that, um, hopefully people that are listening will appreciate is that, um, shallow and us don't agree on a lot of things politically, so you can hear uh, a really intelligent debate uh, about some things that are that are I think um, a little third third rail esque. Yeah, it was fun though. That was yeah. great. I I like I don't mind talking to people who disagree with me at all, as long as they can make you know good intelligent uh, arguments, and it's not like insulting each other mm-hmm. because w- at the end of the day we all just want to learn more and understand each other more and so and then we have a lot of fun with it too and jordan's a he's a he's a he's a great sport he's very outspoken honest incredible integrity and we all just respect each other so that part was a lot of fun yeah uh, now he's got a great podcast um he gets deep into fitness and, and movement but he's also a funny guy you got to check it out it's called rx radio so that's rx apostrophe d Radio, great podcast. Of course, on Instagram, he's got a great Instagram uh, page. It's at the Muscle Doc, and there's an underscore in between the and muscle and muscle and doc. And then his website is pre script.com. 
So make sure you go check it out. The guy has got, he's one of the few people uh, that we really, really, really trust um, in this industry of fitness. Uh, so he's got great stuff. Go check him out. Also, uh, before we start the episode, I want to tell everybody, MAPS Performance, our functional-based, uh, athletic-based training program is 50% uh, off. All month long, it's half off. You just got to go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code GREEN50, G-R-E-E-N-5-0. Now, remember, this program was designed with movement in mind. So we're thinking, okay, who are we training with this program? We're training somebody that wants to move and look like a well-balanced athlete. So, you know, picture that in your mind. What do they look like? They have a an aesthetic, balanced physique, and they can move. They can move in different planes. They can move quickly. They have lots of strength, lots of power, and lots of stamina. You get all of those uh, aspects of physical performance with MAPS Performance. Again, it's mapsfitnessproducts.com, and the code is GREEN50 for 50% off. And also, uh, we have other MAPS programs on that site, so you can find one that suits your goals, your needs, and your fitness history. So here we go. Here we are talking to our good friend, Dr. Jordan Shallow. Yeah. We had John Brinkus, who you probably won't recognize the name because I didn't. This is so great. I love when this happens where we like agree to an interview because we see that they have enough you know, social presence. They have a, a TED Talk or something compelling we can talk to. And he had, a, he had a, a very compelling argument. So this guy has a TED Talk and it's about why men and women should not be uh, separated in sports at early age. And I thought, this is a really compelling argument. And, I, uh. and we were looking forward to debating this. And then I realized when I look him up, oh shit, this is the dude that's hosted and is responsible for- six Emmys. For the sports science show. You oh, met, cool, yeah, I yeah. love that yeah, show. That was great. I, I was, love that I show. Think, I wish that was still around. Right. So he was great, dude. Yeah. Absolutely great interview. Um, and a really- compelling argument why we shouldn't separate boys and girls especially at a young age and that we should just allow it to naturally happen like, and, and he wasn't making the case necessarily that it's going to be at the top level uh equal representation he wasn't making that case at all in, in fact he said more like at those levels sure you're probably in a lot of sports going to see a lot of male domination but at the younger levels and the younger ages you're not going to see that so much, and you know, may, and it may cause a lot of uh, rising, you know, girls to compete at higher levels and harder levels to improve their performance. And he used the, you know, the example of like the WNBA and how much how much better they are today than they were when they first came out, and some of the performance in other sports. So, you know, if we're going to go down that road, I said, sure, that makes sense. Then, if if people aren't going to be angry that there's going to be, you know, no women in the NFL. Um, but uh, you know, at the lower levels, we'll see more representation. Than, than, but I honestly don't think anybody would, fly, would would want that. But he did make a good case. It's well, a really good if argument. you think about it, like there's a kid I grew up playing hockey with. At the age of 14, he was six foot seven. His name was Sean Ducharme. And when I was 16 years old, with a slap shot through my blocker, he broke two bones in my hand. Holy shit! Now, how is it fair? Like he was a man playing against boys. Like I was five foot one, 160 pounds, <laughs> and I'm looking down the barrel of this fucking gun four times a week. But it's like, if yeah, you kind of make sense of like, well, just think of the gradation of size and skill. Mm -hmm. Don't look at gender at that age because we had a girl play on our team until she was 16. Right. Because right. up till that point, we were all kind of equal. Yeah. Right, right. And then like the Sean Ducharms of the world blew up to be six foot seven. Then it was like, okay. And then there's and, a filtering process. And the compelling argument that he makes is that, you, you know, we're we're telling girls that they're basically not good enough at such a young age when technically some of them really are. I mean, at the at the ages of seven, 
you know, there's probably a lot of girls that are as good or better than a lot of boys at soccer. Fastest kid you know? in my school when I was in elementary school was a girl. Well, what happens is, I think this is in a Gladwell book, it might be Outliers, where they talk about um, people who are born earlier in the year being higher performers because they, 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 you know, 12 months at a certain ages when you're developing is a huge difference in size. And then they, it's not necessarily the development in size, it's the availability and access to better coaching to help breed that potential. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you think about it, a female, if they're not getting the same level of coaching, aren't going to rise to the same level just from a, a yeah. nurture standpoint, regardless of nature. And, component. He, and he, he also brought up some really cool, you know, I mean, think of fucking darts or even golf. He's like, you, if you take like the best golfing women and the best golfing and you compare their drives they're almost all exactly the same. The, top yeah, the 10, longest one was only forty yards or something. Like yeah, that, it was right? it was so tiny. There and and there's like girls that are better than five of the top guys. You know, so. it's got to go. But you know, I honestly think that would be less popular among women than uh, than even among men. Because I honestly think, especially in college at the high levels in certain sports, they would limit their access to scholarships as a result because. Either you know, that, either, not necessarily. And, because, I, and I don't think people will be happy when, because, because look, there's police departments and the military and fire departments that have different standards mm. and you eliminate all that. The best humans for the job. Right. You know, well, you see what you see what the football league is doing right now. No, have you, what, did you no. watch? Um, I didn't watch it yet. I, I, so it was last weekend is, and to the point to your point, Sal, when I was going to debate a little bit with you is that what it would do is you would just have the, the best of the best and then there would be a feeder league. For all sports, yeah. So it would it would be your male or female doesn't matter if you're that badass. You make it to professional NFL, you make it to professional NBA or whatever. And then if you didn't, then you would fall short in these feeder leagues. When and you could potentially have one, two, three. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily sure. be just two of them. And we're actually seeing this happening right now in the NFL. It's yeah. not the NFL's actual. They're they're supplying the coaches. They're promoting it on NFL Network. I cannot believe I can't think of the name of it. Maybe Doug can look it I up. I know. I've actually seen. Uh, I know it just went live last about. weekend, yeah. and it's it's basically the G League, like in basketball, for football. And we, football's had the Canadian League. They've had uh, UFL or whatever like that in the past, but never has it been associated like, with the NFL. Right. And this has got— So the Canadian League, and compared to the NFL, they're like— how many levels down would you say? Oh, man. It's, well, it's a different game, man. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, like there's one less down. The whole game's played. Really? I did not yeah. know that. It's three downs, 110 yards. Uh, AAF starting quarterbacks. Are, New yeah. Alliance. Interesting. I was a big fan of the XFL, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was telling, <laughs> that was just because of the made up names. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. It was like WWE meets like Thursday Night Football. No, yeah. there was rumors again that they were going to try and make it happen again, too. I mean, there's. I, I think this is going to be great. I mean, I, I heard I didn't get a chance to watch it personally myself. I heard, I heard nothing but positive things from it. But this is what I my point of even bringing this up was to to Sal is that you know I, I you think that it would it would kill it, but no, it wouldn't. It would actually open it for like leagues like this well, where it's just you didn't quite make it to the yeah. NFL. You did get a the, Kurt Warner, you know, from uh, the Canadian league, and so I, I think that was like a lot of the basis of what the argument was to have this this under league was like, well, we can develop and foster more talent, and they get more time under you know their belt, and then we could bring them into the league. Right. Smart. I think he came from arena football. Yeah. Arena, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, same same idea. Yeah. Though. So, I get what, I get what you're saying. So Jordan, I want to hear about your travels. You've have you you've been gone for a while. Yeah. Lot, where, you, yeah. where have you been? What's been going uh, on? Like, what's the deal? I feel like I, le I left in August and I just touched down like two days ago. And then I leave next Sunday, and then I'm gone till like August. Again, where, July. where, where have? Is it all been? I heard you talking about Australia. Has it all been there, or have you been <laughs> been other places? Uh, so I started off in, Tr oh Jesus, uh, I started off in Toronto. Um, what was I doing in Toronto? 
I spoke at Swiss. Um, so that was every two years it gets put on huge honor to be included in that. Um, just real long form. There was, uh, Thibodeau Meadows, um, Scott Stevenson. There's just, I think there was 30 of us and it was a uh, three, four day event held in Mississauga. So that was my first one. Then I did a private seminar in Toronto. Um, I, I was in Lebanon in December. That oh, was what was that well. like? Insane. Have you guys been to the Middle East? No. Oh, okay. Lebanon's like Middle East light. Like, it's, so no, it's crazy. Like, it's, what it's, does that mean? It means so when Lebanon is like a bit like you see cheeks, not just eyes. Or like, yeah. Wow, <laughs> and that's it for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, no, like, so you can go. There's this, um, there's this uh, place called it's Our Lady of Lebanon. It's a statue of the Virgin Mary at like the top of the highest peak in Lebanon, and you can literally see like the entire country. Like, you can't fathom how small this country is. It's not like, like, I was in Beirut. But you can see at, from this peak, like you can see Beirut, you can see mm. all, uh, I think Tripoli is, no, that's not right. Is that right? Uh, um, so, me, so like there was this, <laughs> there, yeah. he looked at me, I'm like, Ge- I'm, I'm geographically retarded, bro. It's like, <laughs> there I'm was, the guy who thought that getting to Jamaica was going to take me 15 hours. Oh, I remember the first bless time. Your heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's it there. There's like a spiral staircase. You can walk all the way up and literally you can see like, you can see the Mediterranean. So there's this weird sort oh, of wow. like Lion King moment that happened where like these two dudes brought me up. Um, like super nice kids. They were kind of like chauffeuring me around the whole time. And so remember in Lion King, we're at the top of the rock and they're like looking and then they're just like, like everything the sun touches is, is yours. So it was kind of that moment. I'm like, what's over there in the dark? It's like, that's Syria. Like you don't go, you don't go (laughs) over there. there. You don't go over to Syria, but it was like a very thin first world veneer. Like uh, Martyr Square, which is not an, uh, an enticing name by any stretch of the imagination, but there's like Hublot, there's Maserati, there's um, Prada, Gucci, and then there's like mortar shells from like 30 years ago. Like it's really like wow. there's a very thin veneer of the first world and like you're driving. Like Now I mean, is, is Lebanon a, a Christian country in the Middle East or are they uh, a predominantly Muslim or both? Um, both. And like it's it's surprisingly harmonious. Like there's just outside Martyr Square, there's actually one. I think it's the second largest mosque in the world. That's it there with the blue Oh, roof. interesting. And then across the street, there was like an 80 foot Christmas tree. And then like, so it's fairly harmonious, but it's interesting because there's two major, I felt like Anthony Bourdain, like a strong Anthony Bourdain while I was there. I wish I would have <laughs> recorded the whole thing. Um, but so like you would drive through like Hezbollah checkpoints, which is like- Wait a minute, say what? Hezbollah? Like I the, know who they are. Yeah. You actually have to drive through their checkpoints? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I like I was freaking the fuck out. But it's a weird kind of like, you know. Yeah, because because you don't look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look about am, as Western as it gets. <laughs> I immediately stood out. It was, and it's kind of like a hostile culture, like not necessarily aggressive, but like everyone's sort of narrow browed, like people know you're not from there. Mm. Uh, I had never felt more out of place in my entire life. You getting funny looks and shit? Yeah. Like, but like not funny, like like go to Tokyo and everyone's like, oh, like yeah. not, but like kind of like what the fuck are you? What are, what are you doing here, man? Like Germany's yeah. that way sort of thing. Okay. It was really strange. Huh. But um, it, there's a weird sort of relationship because Syria is predominantly ISIS. Now, I'm going to mess this up, but uh, one of the Hezbollah is either Sunni or Shia and then ISIS is the other. So as much as, you know, Christianity and Muslims might have their problems or Christians and Muslims <laughs> might have their problems within the infighting between those two Muslim groups, the Hezbollah hate the ISIS more than they hate the Christians. So right. Christians sort of just like fly under the radar of this, like, and just try not to get caught up in the crossfire. Yeah. So like, I mean, we're pulling up for the checkpoint. 
camouflage m16s and i'm sweating i'm like what the fuck did i get myself into it's like (laughs) i could talk about hip stability anywhere in the fucking world and (laughs) these guys got m16s why am i here right now and they're like no man like it's totally cool like you're not isis are you i was like no it's like then you're fine so it was a weird sort of like, you know, the bird that eats out of the alligator's mouth? Yeah, like that, that was you. Yeah, well, it was just like, as, it was, <laughs> Great it was visual. Re- yeah. really strange, but like the most. What, are they asking you questions and stuff? Or are they like, hey, No, they you? just kind of like peer in the car. Okay. Now, are you are you rolling solo at this point? Or are you with uh, Ben? No, no, this is just me. This yeah, is just this you was, solo. By so um, what made you wow. go to Lebanon then? Would you get a phone call from yeah. someone and say, hey, I, uh, I coached a guy online who played for their um, national rugby team in the World oh. Cup. Um, so I did his programming. He was, um, yeah, he played for the World Cup rugby team. In so they invited you over, put, paid for everything and said, hey, we want you to talk to, who would you talk to, the, the team? Uh, the I spoke team? With, yeah, I spoke with the rugby t- team and then there was a private powerlifting facility in Beirut that had me out as well. How, mm. how did the facility look over it there? It was unbelievable. Really? It was one of like the most well outfitted. It was like boutique style powerlifting gym. It oh, was wow. fucking dope, man. It huh. was It was really... Beirut is a cool city. Isn't it trip you out when you go to a place like that and you wonder why we're in a Bay Area? Why the fuck do we not have cool places like that here? Yeah, right. Yeah, it was it, they got it right over there. We man. have so much money. You would think that we would have a facility like that. I've always thought that was strange. I've been to like small towns, like in fucking Reno, that have gyms that are shit on anything we have over here. Oh yeah, American Iron Gym in Reno. Is yeah, one of the baddest gyms in the country. Right. And, yeah. And I get it. The real estate's a lot cheaper, so I kind of yeah. understand that part. But you would think by now that someone someone in San Jose would have built like this. Market Pat. doesn't support it. No, the they just want Soul Cycle here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I love the Peloton bike commercials that are going out. It's like uh, just go the fuck outside. There's a window. Yeah. It's right there. Oh yeah, you need oh, to make believe an environment now. Oh, they're insane. blowing up. Yeah, yeah, they are. Oh, my God, it's just you're literally reselling the wheel. Oh, is exactly good on it. I I wonder if it's gonna. You think it's gonna. You think it'll be a trend. And it'll die eventually, or do you think they're a, a smart enough company that'll be able to keep going? No, it's it's fashion, man. It you comes so? in waves. Like yeah. this is not the first time this has happened. Happen, right right like they had that one thing where you could like put your actual stationary bike like on rollers or some yeah, shit yeah, it's right. like just again just go the fuck outside but <laughs> now nah, i think it'll fall in and out of favor and then it's just sort of on to the next thing and then in 20 years it'll cycle back so, so after, after so, lebanon then you go at what point do you and ben hook up and then you guys do your little tour how much did you tour before that never never no, I mean like li- th- th- this trip this whole trip that you did oh uh, so i got back from lebanon um and then I went, did I go right to Tampa? Yeah, so I went, I was in New York before that. I was at, at Kenny Santucci's gym in, in Manhattan. Oh, how's he? Have you ever met him? That was the first time? First time. I, so I was in Australia. I was in Port Douglas, Australia. And I, it was like, I don't know, two in the afternoon. I like go on Instagram and anyone with like the, what is the, what is the deal with the blue check mark on yeah, it's, Instagram? It's like it's this elusive thing. Oh, yeah. it means you're Whatever. officially you. Yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> Did you get one? No, but oh, okay. so like Kenny started like following me and then he, <laughs> then he messaged me right away. And like within like two hours I was booked to do strong New York, which is a seminar series that he put on. Um, so I went there first, then Lebanon. So it was New York. It was Bay area, New York, UK, Lebanon, UK, New York, Tampa. Um, and then me and Ben got together uh, towards the middle of December, end of December, and sort of planned out all of January. Yeah. Um, so we were in Australia from the sixth of January to the twenty third, twenty fourth, and we did Sydney, Perth, and Melbourne. Now, was there a lot of communication between you and him beforehand? On like, because you guys are, it's different with us, right? We we uh, have been working together for a long time, and so when we do seminars or do things. 
there's a very smooth flow of who talks, who does what, and we just kind of whatever. Now, you and Ben have not really done that until this. So did you guys agree, like, hey, you're going to talk about this, I'm going to talk about that, or did you just go? Like, how did you guys I, decide all yeah, that? Yeah, I think, like, the, the format of it was something that it actually triggered the idea that, hey, this would be really cool. Because, like, we would work out. I mean, I think you you connected me with him like a year ago. Mm-hmm. It was really strange. Um, and I went out and did his podcast when I was in Miami. I took a day up to Tampa. And then I flew out again like two weeks later and trained with him for a week. And all of our workouts turned into like these PhD level dissertations because we, we just come at it from two totally different angles, two totally different objectives. Oh, right? wow. So was, was, there, I think, was there a little bit of debating at the beginning when you guys first? Uh, yeah, oh, this is interesting. Every day of our lives, there's debate. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah, well, because that's the thing, right? Like that's what we we're selling a pro, like a thought process. Right. And we like we're very clear that like we are ends of a spectrum. I respect and understand his outlook. I'm going to show you his pitfalls and where this goes wrong and mm. who this shouldn't be applied to and whatever. And he does the same thing with me. That's oh, cool. Man. It's, yeah. Like, cause we'll like tangent and we think like when we like the dust settles and we realize there's 45 other people in the room that like, Oh shit, we just had our own little side conversation while people paid for it. But people are like, no, like that was That's the, the best, best part, part. Right. Yeah. So it's just totally. like, because it's, I don't know, it's cool to have someone to check you on your shit. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's the hard part with like trying to continue to learn is like if you get to a certain point and whether the authority is warranted or not, if you're the guy at the front of the room, people are listening, right? And like most people are respectful and they just, they assume because you have the microphone clipped to your shirt that you know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm like very adamant from the gate, like push. Like, and cause that's why I present. It's like, I present to learn. Like I will travel the world for one really good question. That makes me think. And traveling with Ben is like these no holds barred. And it's not like, it's more of just like a childlike inquisition rather than like a, like putting someone on trial. Right. So like we just work out, like I learned more about my like field or topic of like applied biomechanics in three weeks. Just like, cause we debrief after every seminar. Oh, like, dis- hey. Discussion and debate is one of the best ways to think, I think mm-hmm. in the process, your own thoughts and really to paint the picture for, for the audience. You have Ben Pikulski, pro bodybuilder, but he also has a background in, in human movement. Of course you, your background and your, power lifter so you're like a movement guy he's mm-hmm. a feel muscles kind of guy hypertrophy versus strength performance versus aesthetics and I'm, I'm oversimplifying i know this but you're also both very very smart dudes and so coming from those two sides like give me an example of, a, of an area yeah. of debate where you guys would like debate over something and then maybe <laughs> you know what turned out or who, who was right um yeah it's all context right like so i think we're both right which was like an interesting thing to bring to an audience because a lot of times like there's an industry for this now. Right. And the only way you can sell a three letter acronym seminar is that if you're fucking, you know, your 90, 90 position will cure fucking knee cancer or whatever. <laughs> but you have to be steadfast. Going to in 90, that. 90. Well, it's just, it's Every the, time. it's the easiest, most widely perpetuated. <laughs> Leave my 90, 90 bullshit. alone. Come you on, asshole. man. We'd you on the show. Orthogonal be nice. bullshit. But like, no, it's, it's just, it's the most perpetuated thing that people can cling to where it's like, I want to give you, I mean, I start every seminar. It's like, I don't want to give you all the answers. I want to give you the ability to ask better questions. Right. And that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, but that's a hard thing to sell. Cause people want what alleviates stress is authority. They want to know that what you're telling them is like the process. And it's like, no, no, no. Like I will like gift you the process of learning how to learn contextually based off the situation you're in. So I mean, to double back to your question, like, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm integration, I'm function, I'm, uh, I'm strength. He's isolation. He's muscle action. He's hypertrophy. Right. So it's like, 
uh, the debates would almost be like looking for clarification. Um, like things about like uh, resistance profiles versus strength curves. Like that was something we debated, like his idea with challenging muscle through a full range. Like you can't do that in a full machine, like in one machine. Mm. Like if there's a bicep, there's a cam on a bicep curl that's going to overload the end range or it's going to overload the fully shortened. Like one of the debates we had was like, okay, he likes to overload the end range first and then overload the fully shortened second. I think it should be the other way around. And it's like, neither of us are wrong. There's oh no, now, how, hold on. That's, that's a great uh, discussion. So, and to simplify it for the audience, uh, when you fully extend your arm, applying more resistance at that part of a curl would be the end range. And when you fully contract your arm or squeeze like you're flexing your bicep, adding a lot more resistance there would be overloading the, the shortened range. And so you're saying at the beginning of the workout, it's better to start shortened with the overload and then move towards the lengthen. He's saying the opposite. Now, why? Why are you guys so different on that? Um like why? Why are you, what's what's your argument? So I mean, to really put a fine point on it, think of like an incline bicep curl and think of like a spider curl. Right. Incline bicep curl is going to be hard at the initiation. Mm -hmm. Spider curl is going to be hard at the end. It's like there's no like I don't want to limit my ability to get to the active range where I'm trying to shorten it. Right. So it's like if there's no if there's no tension in the beginning of a spider curl and it's all at the end, then I can save that for after the fact. Where if I do the spider curl first and then I get through that range and I'm already fatigued, then I can't, I can't initiate as well as I already or as well as I could have if the order was reversed. And then he says that's because because you're, you're saying that the shortened range, you're going to be stronger anyway. So start there and save the. Well, not even that because the mid range is always going to be your strongest position. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like being able to gain momentum. And I think the fundamental difference that we always boil down to is his outlook is purposeful inefficiency where my outlook from a strength standpoint is always being as efficient as possible, mm. right? Like I don't want distance created in my squat. I want to be as that bar should just be a straight line in my deadlift because any deviation is going to be by definition inefficient, mm. but in muscle building inefficiency is what you're going for. He's a very like less is more kind of thing. Like you do a workout with him and you're He's trying like, to make it harder. Yeah. Like you, you can literally be killing yourself with this guy because he'll go time distance load like that's how he progresses like the magnitude of, of a stimulus so time distance barely anyone gets to the point where they're not lifting pink dumbbells they're not fucking increasing right. load so i think when we boil it down to the essence of a lot of the debates we had it was like okay you just you're just trying to be wildly inefficient so you don't need to load a lot of weight to create a lot of stimulus he's trying to make it harder bodybuilders do that they'll do it they'll lift a weight and try to make a hundred pounds feel like three hundred pounds through the way the muscles are. Which, functioning. when you're when you're building a physique and you're and you're and you're sculpting a body, there's 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 good weight to that. That makes sense because you you are trying to work a very specific spot, and you would rather do lighter, focused on t in control intensity than you would load, where you may risk allowing other muscles to kick in to help that movement, right? Or, yeah, and that's where the performance guy comes in and argues and says, well, I could see you saying, oh, well, you add more load, more load, then you're going to get more CNS adaptation, you're going to get more overall more muscle, muscle gain, fibers at, at, you know, more activated. gain, and then you'll be able to add more load later, which in turn will build more muscle. So uh, this is where this is something we debate on the show. Yeah. I mean, I was the bodybuilder aesthetic guy, and I, 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 can, I can relate more to... Uh, you know, this is why I f how I found Ben, and I mm. liked him so much. I was like, he's the first smart bodybuilder guy that, like, yes, like this, like what he's talking about is the right way to talk about it. 
And I know you talk more like how Justin talks yeah. or like how he where he leans as far like, as training. Yeah. The efficiency, yeah, and like treating it as the, a skill I'm in the more middle. than anything else. So, Well, so here's the thing. In the middle of how many variables, because this is what we developed, and by the time by the time we got to Melbourne, we sort of had it hashed out where it was like, okay, our biggest differentiator between us was how we stabilize joints because – Training is often just looked at as an inverse relationship between volume and intensity, which puts people on a spectrum of endurance and strength, right? right? So like hypertrophy ranges are higher reps for lower intensity, strength ranges are lower. But to me, like, and this is like literally the opening chapter of my book is talking all about where trinities exist. And trinities exist in places that are very complicated. Uh, Father, son, Holy Spirit. Proton, neutron, electron, executive, legislative, well, judicial, spiritual. <laughs> well, hey, but it's just like I don't think human performance can be summed up as just on a linear spectrum of mm. volume and intensity. Oh, I agree. Way too simplified. I, I so I think based what we developed was like, hey, think of like a Venn diagram with three overlapping inputs, right? So it's like you're gonna have. Uh, let's call it isolation, hypertrophy, integration, strength, coordination, stability. Now, whoever your avatar is on the middle of that, in the would middle it, of those, would three it take over- where you lean towards? Exactly, more. but I don't think, like even like from a hypertrophy standpoint, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know how much you guys read into like Schoenfeld's work about like mechanical tension, uh, metabolic stress, and um, what's the third pillar of hypertrophy? Uh, there's uh, mechanical damage or muscle damage, mechanical tension, and metabolic stress. Go. Right. So it's like if you believe in that. Then you know to your point earlier of like you know there's a place for isolation and building body sure but if your rate limiter is like mechanical tension or or applied force it's like well you need to get stronger right right? Mm. so when Ben does that he just affords more stability externally right Mm -hmm. so where I think always always the internal driver is going to be a stronger adaptation right so if I can stabilize my shoulder to do a bicep curl and and drown out like the peripheral noise to focus just on isolating that muscle by having like a super stable shoulder blade internally from the serratus or a super mm-hmm. stable rotator cuff from training the the function of the rotator cuff rather than the action I think that's a huge differentiation I right? think I think hmm. what you're saying uh, is now when I would train clients I would focus a lot on what you're saying, as people get stronger and bigger and stronger and bigger, you get to a point where if you're squatting 500 pounds and you're still wanting to build more mass to your legs, it might become wiser to focus on those external factors and in- increase the, the fatigue and tension without having to add weight. And so what you end up seeing are the, and look, don't get me wrong, the, some of the best bodybuilders in the world were some of the strongest but they also ended up with a lot of the most injuries, like Dorian Yates and Ronnie Coleman, uh, Branch Warrens. These guys trained with you know maximal intensity and weight, and they're fucked. Then you have people like Dexter Jackson, who is still competing to this day. He's in his mid-40s, and he works out with weights that you would think you know somebody not even half his size should be working out with. So the way I think both can coexist, I think the bastardization of strength and bodybuilding is missed. Are you guys familiar with so this is like how I look at programming and this is like a development I sort of came up to or came to in the past or in my month in Australia with Ben was you guys familiar with the law of conservation of energy yeah. mm-hmm. so if for me I look at the body is from three hubs of stability shoulder hip and spine and like knowing function of each one and like function is such a shitty term now like TRX and BOSU ball and shake weight and all they've that shit it, yeah. they've ruined it but it, it, it fucking means something yeah. like to really understand the integrative network and how these sp- what I call hubs of stability meant to work in system, like in network with one another, 
if you can understand that and write your programming from a standpoint of the law of conservation of energy, it's like, okay, matter can never be created or destroyed, just transferred. So if I have a moment in my programming where like, let's take a hack squat, for example, like to your point about the 500 pound squat. Yeah. Like a 500 pound squat, when I'm squatting the most, my legs are the smallest. So when I have 750 on my back, I'm looking down at toothpicks. Because like the adaptation's not there. The metabolic stress, the, the muscle damage is just not there. I've been squatting four reps like in the last month and a half. Mm-hmm. It's been fucking heavy, but it's not enough to make them grow, right. right? So what I look at that is like, okay, when I'm squatting, if I move to a hack squat now, what? how am I able to load like eight plates on hack squat and I can only load whatever for that volume on a squat? It's like, well, my pelvis is externally stabilized. I'm overriding the functional demand of the the internal stability of the hip and pelvis. Right. Mm-hmm. That moment can't be destroyed. I have to then, in isolation somewhere in my program, make sure I'm still taxing the, the, the stability of the hip, the stability of the pelvis, where I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to do Copenhagen planks or single leg RDLs or hip airplanes if I'm squatting because the there's a system of checks and balances when you're loading on a barbell where it's like your you ability- You have to internally stabilize to be able to- Yeah, yeah to exert force, movement, right? Like your body will downregulate your okay, ability I to exert your force. That. So that's the kind so of- that's how, where you get annoyed with the 90-90s because you have to already do that already with the squat internally. Well, no, it's just the idea that like an arbitrary degree, especially an orthogonal right angle, like when or like, I mean, if anyone's built like a fucking pop machine, it's me. Like right. I look like a fucking rectangle when I walk in a room. <laughs> I get that. But my joints don't articulate in 90 degrees. Like the convexity of my, or the, 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 the curvature of my rib cage allows for my, like my neutral shoulder position looks right. relatively flexed to most people. Like the scaption position. It's like when people do rotator cuff work, they're cranked back here because they like the idea of tight angles. It's like, yeah, if you're designing a fucking studio, sure. Right. But if you're trying to design a body, like. Yeah, that's why I came up with well, a, new, a new movement. It's the 8693. Boom. Crushing it. <laughs> crushing it. Well, let's, get the, let's get those angles correct. Security yeah. by obscurity. Yeah. I love it. Uh. So what what is something that, uh, that Ben has taught you? Um, let's start with that. Because oh. you guys are, what I like a lot, what I like most about the two of you um, in, in I'll just talk to you. What I like about you is that you're open to discussion. You're open to debate. I think you thrive off of it. And this is the mark of an intelligent, confident uh, individual. Sometimes you get people who have their positions. When you get into discussions and debates, they just get irritated, mad, and they avoid it, probably because they know they're either going to be exposed or they're just afraid to be wrong. You don't come across that way. You don't come across as someone who's afraid to be wrong. Neither does Ben. So I'm sure you guys learn from each other. I'm sure there's positions that you may have changed now as a result of hanging out with the guy for as long as you have, what are some of those? What are some of those things? Well, I, I know how to buy the most expensive olive oil in the grocery <laughs> store now. Like, I know how to scare the shit out of someone by meditating on the kitchen floor at four in the morning. It's just no, but like in all seriousness, I've learned more in the last like in the three weeks we spent together in Australia than I did in four years of grad school. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, and it's. A, like, because we because we both have such a base competency, he's a strong motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, for a guy who's like you know a bodybuilding yogi or whatever the fuck kind of shaman shit he's on. <laughs> when dude, he no, you can take the dog from the fight, but fuck, he's got something behind the eyes, man. When Benny turns oh. up, uh, no yeah. one can. Help. I I remember when we first met, and I got that sense right away from him that he takes a lot of pride in being one of the hardest working yeah. bodybuilders ever to hit the hit stage like. And it's I mean, like even the other day, there's a guy I really admire that's coming up. His name is Jordan Peters. Uh, 
like he's like a new age Dorian Yates and like I've been following him for a while and even he said the other day was the, like who's the person that when you train with it was like an Instagram Q&A who was the hardest like training partner you've ever had and he's like hands down Ben Pakulski like and like it's fucking but that's what validates him to me like there's such an industry for meditation and breathing and like Wim Hof and like right, who right. the fuck like sure whatever but like I just I don't I don't understand that as like an endeavor like cool you can like lay in an ice bath can you squat 750 no that i just i don't resonate at that wavelength but he goes hey bitch yeah 750 for a triple it's like okay okay exactly so it meditates yeah so but like and that maybe is like where you know in the muscle physiology stuff i think I, I put a spin on it that he doesn't necessarily like I look at it through a lens that he doesn't look at it through and the same that goes vice versa. But I, I don't think it's like when we talk about muscle like physiology and stuff like that and apply biomechanics, it's like two magicians doing tricks on one another. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I know how you pulled that rabbit out of the hat. I see that. Yeah. Like here's a coin behind your ear. There you go. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's but like it's the stuff outside that I really learned from him, like how he conducts himself, like how he like. I traveled for three weeks and I was just chilling like all by myself. I'll do whatever the fuck I want when I want. Like we live together. We, um, and that was kind of by design to keep me well behaved. <laughs> so, but to, like to be able to manage the, the scale of the enterprise that he manages and his investments and his business partners and managing personalities of his staff and all that. And like hmm. still keeping his shit together. Like there's people who are, there are people who are at the controls and then there are people who are in control. Mm-hmm. Big Benny's in fucking control. So like, and just, I mean, things like breathing, which it seemed, and that was when we get in on, on some of these tangent, like not arguments, but discussions. Like, cause I look at breathing from like a function standpoint, right? Like I look at inhalation and exhalation as, 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 as opposing muscle groups and keeping in balance is like a quad and a hamstring, mm-hmm. right? Like people don't understand <clears throat> You know, the, your accessory muscles of forced inhalation, your accessory muscles of forced expiration, right? Like, what's the difference between the lower fiber of the serratus or the upper fiber of the serratus or your scalenes and the role your diaphragm plays? So I'm looking at it through, like, a performance lens. And then he's like, he'll go a layer deeper. Be like, well, all right, let's talk autonomic nervous system. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, that just, like, I literally, like, my fuck the hair on my arm standing up right now just talking about it. It was yeah. such, a, like, a profound thing. Like, oh, breathe. Huh. That's, like, I'm stressed out of my face. Like, yeah all day every day and just like little practices like that like there's some stuff like the seven dollar sea salt and the thirty dollar olive oil where i'm like <laughs> like i'm still gonna microwave my food homie i'm really fucking yeah. hungry i don't care like if this kills me then i deserve to go but like again like i would have zero buy-in on some of the stuff that he's introduced me to if it was literally anyone else because there's such a market of like mm. honestly like podcasting oh. pussies that just talk about this nonsense because right. that's what people yeah. want to hear rather right. than fucking working hard well there's an order of operation right yeah there really is i mean and that's i mean even like i remember when i put also you and greenfield together who i think couldn't be further opposites from personalities and i was excited about that because one i know both of you really well and if there was anybody who is going to do all this weird shit He's the guy that I would want to do it. He's the guy who I don't want to hear it from the like you said, the guy who's in the podcast, fucking doesn't squat, doesn't do work, doesn't fucking track anything, and eats and shitty food. Yeah, and then he's then he's talking about how important blue blockers are, how important meditation is, and it's like, yeah. come on, bro. Like, there's so many other things in in life that you could be applying to your life that will have so much more carryover in this mission that you're trying to accomplish. So. I feel like Ben checks a lot of those basic boxes and then so and then he goes to the next level and that's the guy I want to hear do it. Yeah, I think there's something to be said, man. Like I, I spend a lot of time chasing people who are like passionate 
and, 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 and in some way this complements each other, but I want people who are fucking original now. Like that's what when I sat down with Greenfield, I was just like, "This guy is a fucking space cadet." Like <laughs> he was like doing this weird like Smeagol like from Lord of the Rings sitting on the <laughs> yeah. chair. Oh, yeah. like, that's how he, he just smashed me with a rock. I was like, yeah. "Like what the fuck?" I like my I'm ready just fucking. If he pounces at me, I'm gonna like, break his fucking jaw. Like, <laughs> yeah. like but, he's eating nuts up there. Like, yeah, oh, but at God. least he's fucking original, man. Like yeah. especially like yeah. my field, if you want to call it like it's intellectual property, right? So like the stuff I come up with, like the book I wrote, that was, it's not self-evident the conclusions I've gotten to. So like when I see people like reiterating and who the fuck am I, right? Who the, like, I'm not to be an egotist about it, but like when I see it, it's like, I know like you were front row in my fucking seminar with a notepad. Like <laughs> this is not your idea. Like you are one layer deep on this. So it's just like to find people who are in their own pursuit of just being original and Ben's a fucking original. Cause like, this like you talked about like you know like oh red light for for what inflammation dude from smoking fucking peyote for four days like you're not a shaman you're a drug addict like get the fuck out of here <laughs> dude that's what we're seeing so you, have, you, you haven't done the ayahuasca yet then no, no. the idea seen? of like pharmawaska seems but i don't want to change man neither do i hey I've we're, 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 we're too popular now for me I, yeah, I don't want anything it's to not do even it. that like i just everyone i talk to is like oh it'll change your life like i'm good i'm like this is best life ever kind of shit like yeah. why would i want to change what's yeah. going my third grade report card reads exact like i've been a 65 year old man since i was like seven years old <laughs> it's just I like believe i believe that yeah i don't want to change like i don't want to yeah. be some like i want to be able to respect like getting into more like mindful practice and things like that but i want to do it on my you own the, you have the right you have the right attitude i think I, you know it's it's funny when you look at all the, the the different spiritual practices you get the the people within them whose egos develop so large that they believe that their spiritual practice has all the answers this has all the answers there's nothing to learn from the other practices and and, and that's a very complex field when you look at the strength sports and, and fitness way more simple way more basic and yet just as polarized, just as egotistical, like I'm a power lifter. I know all the answers. I'm a bodybuilder. I have all the answers. I work with kettlebells. We have all the answers. But when you sit down and you're fucking cool and you go in to try to learn to see what you can learn from these other people, um, it's incredible. So you sit down with Pakulski and you guys end up becoming better version. It doesn't completely, it's not like you're going to become a bodybuilder all of a sudden or he's going to completely come to your side, but you're going to both grow and learn quite a bit. It's like Bruce Lee. It's like how Bruce Lee was with martial arts. You know, he's the first mixed martial artist. And now we see what, what that's produced in, 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 you know, like the UFC, for example. Now, have you, have you seen things that he's changed? Because there are things you guys see don't see. Eye eye. You've obviously picked up some things from him. I can imagine he's had to have picked up some things from you. What are mm. some of the things that you think you've influenced in his life? He eats more when I'm around. <laughs> it's not just like a fucking head of cabbage. Like He's just a giant rabbit when I'm not around. He eats like fucking 700 calories a day. He's on some weird like South Beach thing. Bro, isn't it, isn't it insane how little he eats for how massive he is? Well, it's amazing to me because he has sort of this theory about like, I mean, thermodynamics, energy in, energy out, right? Like it's kind of ruled the space of at least dietetics and you know IFYM whatever right. the fuck you want to call it but it's like he's proof of a different concept right mm -hmm. like energy in nothing energy out dude we train like it's it's fucking it's to the death right yeah. like we had a kid like I was about to call the ambulance in Melbourne like what? I Damn. yeah no like we trained with this fuck kid fuck, God bless so he was like second runner up at the amateur Olympia he came out to our seminar at Doherty's um, and he wanted in, a piece 
Oh, oh dude, God. it was like one set. It was literally one set of leg press that Benny just took him past the line. Where it's <laughs> oh, like, he's just wow. a fucking liar. Like, I don't even listen to him now. He's like, okay, five more reps. I'm like, all right, 30 more reps. Because it's just like- <laughs> He'll just keep adding. He's just yeah. watching your yeah. face. Like, that's that it, guy. right? Like, oh. yeah, 100%. Shit. But like, he just, he's just trying to get the most out of you. So like, right. I've trained with him. And I mean, I've trained with a lot of bodybuilders and powerlifters. And like, I can say unequivocally that he'll, he'll go- further past the fucking needle like he's deranged like i don't want to know what's in the dark corners of the mind <laughs> that he has to fucking go to to get there because i know where i gotta go and it's like like good thing i'm sweating so much because like it just looks like i'm wiping away sweat and not fucking tears by the end of it <laughs> but it's just like uh, we had this one kid literally he was like uh, his nose started to bleed and he was thrown up everywhere and like after one set <laughs> It's Dear fucking God. crazy. But yeah, so like his energy output is through the roof and Ben just goes in there, like does this weird sort of like, you know, mantra centering. He closes his eyes and I was like, oh man, the fuck? I'm just going to walk away. Wait till you start. Cause he just, he takes 20 seconds before every set and like does some like breathing stuff and he closes his eyes. But it's almost like, it's one of my, it's a weird, it's a thing that I think about sometimes when I'm training and it's just like this childhood infantile derangement I have, but like, remember the Ed Norton, incredible Hulk, yeah. right? Yeah. But like, so they chase him through, like he's trying to control his breath and stay right, kind of, right. and they chase him through that factory. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden they just see the eye go green. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like when he comes out of that fucking trance state, I swear his fucking eyes go green. <laughs> it's like, but no, he's like, it's like, Oh yeah. Cause this is like, Oh my God. Like, Yo bro. Like you got 20 seconds here. Like I'm, I'm getting cold. Come on, man. And then like he just like like comes out of whatever part of his fucking subconscious he just went into and you're like, Oh boy. Uh-huh. Just starts throwing forklifts across the room and shit. Like just summon the darkness. Yeah, yeah, but it's fucking like cause if you do that and then just go like do yoga or some shit, like pff, fucking waste of time that is. You probably get done yoga without the whole breathing thing. I don't need the whole preamble. Just fucking do the downward dog, get the fuck out of here. But like to do that and then be like, okay, dude just went like nine plates on a hack squat for reps. And we got like pro bodybuilders over here doing half of that. Yeah. And he's got this barefoot giant motherfucker. Like, and no, it's, it's just crazy to me to see, like, that was the biggest thing is like when he's around, like he's probably put on in January, he probably put on like 10 pounds. Because he he's eating cause he more ate food. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'll like force it to it. I'm like, like a Jewish mother, like, hey, wasting away to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, here, have some beef with your cabbage. At least eat that. Like, have a carbohydrate for once in your fucking life. But um, yeah, I think his changes on me much more profound than my changes on him. Mm. When, you, when you guys work out together, are they bodybuilding style workouts? Or are they more just who, who leads? Do you guys take turns leading workouts? Uh, no, I mean, no. Who the fuck am I, man? Like, mm. I, I am the weakest off season powerlifter ever. Mm. Like, I, I have no aspirations to kill myself, especially on the road. Mm. Like, bodybuilding style training is a little bit more conducive to you know sleeping on airplanes and Airbnbs and stuff sure. like that. That actually makes a lot of sense. That's a good question because. With all this travel, that's a lot of stress on the body, all the mm. changing and, and, and time schedules and all that. Yeah. So, and, and the opportunity though too, right? Like, mm. you know, he didn't grow up watching me on YouTube, right? So it's just like, <laughs> like to get a chance to learn from someone yeah, like Yeah, like let him lead. You yeah, because like when I train, more often than not, like I'm an authority if I train with someone. Like right. I'm going to take the wheel. Here's how, here's the format of the workout. If you have questions, write it down on a piece of paper. We'll get to it after, that kind of thing. If it's ever anybody who I even think I can learn from, I like to let them drive. Yeah. But if it's someone that's like, I know I'm not going to learn anything, yeah. I'm driving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's that simple. Because it's, I mean, like I, we're both outcome based or ha- like he was very outcome based in his career. Like if someone's just kind of like a, a casual thing, like, uh, let me take this and that's a lot of like if I do train with someone around here if it's not like my training partners at boss it's me sort of being instructional and taking on the role 
So just to be like, here you go, man. Take the keys. Just just drive this bitch into the fucking concrete going 120. Um, so it's just like, to me, I still pinch myself. Like I'd wake up and just be like, holy fuck. Like I literally remember growing up like two hours down the road from this guy. What? Like we have a picture from the, I'll show you after. We have a picture like when I went to the Olympia just as a fan when I first moved to California. Of me and like, I got the expo, like flexing as I was about to pass out. I was like, go take the fucking photo. I can't flex my bicep in this photo anymore. And now, like, four years later, we're like touring uh, the, tour so, the world. That's, yeah. so, that's yeah, so cool. cool Can you remember uh, the, the craziest lift that you guys have had? Like, to what session that, like, that one that, like, oh my God. Um, there are a couple, like, legs usually, just because he's still got like these fucking Clydesdale wheels. Um, I think one at MI40. Rings because like he tr- likes to train really early and MI forty like that's his that's his home right? right so he can control the music before he even gets in so it's like six a.m. there fuck no it was early on five a.m. it was one of the first times I trained with him and I'm just still like in awe and we walk into the gym it's the first time I saw MI forty. <clears throat> And he's got like the Russian war music training or like play, playing in the background. And there's only like certain lights that are on. I was like, I could kill someone right now. I could, there's no doubt in my mind. I could a hundred percent. Like this is like some weird Braveheart shit. Like I don't that person. He comes out of corner painted face. I'd be so, I'd, I would follow him into battle, man. Like that one was just like, that was pretty intense. Cause that was just me being like a 16 year old kid with a MD subscription. Just going like, cause he has some of the covers on the wall. Like I have every one of those magazines that's, that's a rad. weird thing to say with one of your friends so yeah. it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's really it was really surreal that's so cool dude that's awesome that's, I'm so glad you guys connected you made it I mean I knew you would I mean I've got a chance to get to know him really well for quite some time and you I knew you guys would definitely was, hit was it was Australia the, the place you spent the most time in so far, yeah. So um, far. They looking- have a huge fitness culture I mean we everybody who comes back from there keeps telling us we need to go there and do seminars or meet right. people you do you guys just need to go everywhere. Like literally everywhere I go. I was training up at SF um, SF Fitness in Piedmont yesterday. And there was a guy there. He's like, hey, are you Jordan? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like it's so weird for me to be like, I'm just some jackass at a gym, man. Like I'm not worthy of any commendation. Like, oh, like I heard you on Mind Pump. If I had a fucking dollar for every time I said <laughs> I heard you on Mind Pump. But like, back in Windsor, in fucking Lebanon. Like, no I, dude, hand to God. That's right. No it's the craziest thing. Like, I'm not gonna. I'll give, maybe I'll give you context afterwards, but like, yeah, it's like the amount of reach you guys have everywhere is fucking crazy. Cool. But Australia, especially, is like they're so. I don't know if like humble is a word, but they they hold what comes out of North America in very high regard, whether it's mm-hmm. justified or not. We're like in the states, it's a fucking nightmare. Like mm-hmm. you can't. Everyone thinks they know everything. Like that you can't sell. You couldn't sell what we sold at the level and magnitude that we sold it at on the notice that we, we put it together in four weeks. Oh, wow. And we sold out pretty much three dates. You sold out every time, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. I think Perth was like a little scarce because we were back and forth on the details, but like Sydney and Melbourne were pretty much jammed. And these are these are specific uh, seminars that you're putting together. Like, okay, we're going to talk about this particular thing and you put out what you're going to talk about and they sign up? Or yeah. was it more like, hey, show up, listen to Jordan Shallow, Ben Pikulski? No, it like the it's pretty well laid out on the website. Like, so the first day is all lecture based, and that's open to a, a, a broader audience. Like, it's a lower ticket price. Okay. Um, and then that was upwards of like 60, 70 people capacity. And then the next two days are limited access, like training camp style, where it's like, okay, we're going to go over like the fundamentals of back or chest and back. I'll talk kind of about the powerlifting movements, or no, sorry, uh, squad deadlift were first. And then the beginning of the next day was, um, 
was bench press and then we would go like leg hypertrophy in the afternoon and then shoulders, arms in the afternoon. Are you getting a lot of uh, fitness enthusiasts or are you right. getting a lot of like fitness professionals and people who have backgrounds and in, in, in work in the field? Yeah, uh, more, more so the latter. And that's where I'm really focusing my career on now is like, I don't want to bring this to the end user. I want to teach people how to teach people. Mm. Like I want to have a, like, you know, you go right to picking the right. Of course. That's That's exactly what you're made for. That's what you're made for. You got to have, I mean, fuck, I have to fucking rewind and listen to stuff that you say over again. I mean, I have to go back. Well, you know what I have to do every fucking time you come on the show is I got to spend a whole nother two hours explaining half the shit that you said on our show. People be DMing me afterwards. Like, man, he said something about this. that sounded really important. What did he mean by this? And I got to go back and put it in layman's terms for everybody. Yes. I mean, I really enjoy like basic, level competency like teaching people who have that rosetta stone ability like i just go straight like uh, like rain man on it because like it's just every like i wake up in the middle of the night i just have a whiteboard next to my bed and i just like this is all i think about like it's it's not okay but i i, I struggle and I, I know my weakness is actually bringing it to the end user but like a lot of what i talk about comes from it comes from maybe not like ignorance from like a malicious standpoint, but it comes from a perpetuation of misinformation, right. whether it's an inability to transfer that to the end user and explain it properly. But I think more so just from a fundamental, like a conceptual standpoint, everyone's paradigm is, is shifted. We're looking in the wrong direction for a lot of the stuff I talk about, which is like the difference between strength and stability and like holding performance to a highest virtue rather than pain and things like that. So I think what I want to see is like, I I don't want to have to be in practice anymore. Like it, 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 it's a weird profession where like everyone you deal with every day is in pain. Mm. And, and I've been able to square myself kind of more in a performance aspect now. So I'll see people who are in pain, but they want to, you know, they want to get like those marginal improvements past the level of diminishing return. So it's a little bit better now, but for the, the, uh, beginning of my career, it was all pain. It's like yeah. fucking drains plus it, on you. Plus, let's be honest, it's it's way more stimulating to teach people who are going to be teaching. It's more stimulating for some more challenging. Well, you can also impact a lot more people that way too. And that's the goal, man, right? Because mm-hmm. I think, again, like whether it's ignorance or whether it's like just malicious intent of making money, like the, what's been going out there, like I just see it so many times. Like, I, you know, I've been told like, oh, my, my PT or my personal trainer said I had a, like weak glutes, weak core, weak rotator cuff. And that's what sort of spiraled into my framework for my book, which is going to be like, or which is the, like, the three pillars or the three hubs of stability in your body. It's like, no, 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 it's in the language, man. Like you don't have a weak core, you have an unstable core. You don't have a weak rotator cuff, you have an unstable shoulder. You don't have weak glutes, you have unstable hips, right? This is the difference because it's in, people know how to get strong. Oh, you have weak biceps. Okay, we'll train muscle action. You know, flex, relax, flex, relax, whatever. Mm. And it's like that doesn't work with muscles that work around a helical axis, right? right? Like the rotator cuff works around a Y axis. Why does it need to exert force? It needs to resist like force. Connecting to it is one thing. Putting the work in to then get build strength is another. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like bridging the gap from research doesn't mean like yellow TheraBand to blue TheraBand. Like, mm. no, no, no. It means strength to stability. It's like being physically literate in the adaptations you're going to make. But holding even like even the most rooted, like um, weekend warrior, basic novice to the highest virtue and setting them on that path, whether they get there, they want to be like, you know, the strongest guy in the world or the fastest girl or whatever. That's fine. But it's like, don't make me have to like harsh reroute and rewire them because you set them down this, this, this false, this false path from mm-hmm. the gate. Cause all you were doing was chasing pain, right? Pain mm-hmm. is easy. Mm-hmm. Pain has a natural history. Performance doesn't have a natural history. Mm. Like if you wake up on a after a flight and your neck kind of hurts, it's like give it a give it twelve days, right? Natural history, you'll you'll be fine. Go see a chiro, go see a PT, go see a massage therapist, you'll be good in like four. 
But if you suck at lifting 12 days later, you're still going to suck at lifting. Like you're not necessarily going to get stronger. You're not necessarily going to execute with better techniques. So it's like setting the, setting the operative goal, setting the virtue to performance, regardless of pain. Cause you'll get to, if you get to performance, you will not be in pain. If you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this, the paradigm has led a lot of people astray where it's like, okay, if I'm a therapist, if I'm a trainer, what I'm a, uh, Mayo, whatever the fuck. It's like, I just want to get people. Well, that doesn't benefit their business model quite as much. Exactly. Right. right. It's like, and that's my thing is like, I just want to teach people how to fish, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not giving them fish. Yeah. yeah the, the way, the way we look at it is you have, uh, people who, uh, really understand how things work, really understand how to apply certain things. They, they, they know the information, they have the knowledge. And then you have this disconnect between that and being able to, effectively communicate it, being able to get people to really believe and understand it. And that's what we try to do is we try to, to, to bridge that gap a little bit. I mean, you, you definitely know what you're talking about and you're communicating to people to be able to teach it to other people. But if those people can't teach it to other people, like I, this is what you learn working with just everyday people. Like I know what to do to get you to, to, to lose weight. Uh, but if I can't get you to understand, if I can't commit, communicate it in a, in a way that makes you understand how to change your behaviors and, and do it in a way that's going to give you long-term success, it doesn't matter. It makes yeah. no difference. There's an artfulness to that. I think so. How do you, how do you uh, I mean, because you obviously are extremely fascinated by the human body and how it moves and, and functions. Are you diving into how the mind uh, plays a role in that? In other words, how you think and how you feel about how you move. Are do you look into that all at all, or are you more just on the on the mechanics of everything? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of my ability to extrapolate past like my like my core, like my fundamental not beliefs, because I think belief opens up the 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 conversation for interpretation. Like, mm-hmm. is understanding that okay as i begin to push my boundaries and realize how multifactorial it is maybe i don't understand what's kind of at the peripheral of my understanding or like don't understand what the peripheral of my understanding uh, what lies at the the jurisdiction of my knowledge or my skill set it's like it would be pretty egotistical and naive to think that there's not a contributing factor coming elsewhere so it's even that i don't want to say my level but to my depth and understanding is the, the hardest part is knowing what you don't know, right? But but connecting yourself with people who do know, right? Like, okay, like you need to go see like a neuro or you need to go see a nutritionist. So like beginning to familiarize myself because like I've gone deep and not necessarily wide, but in going deep, I've learned strategies on how to learn. So it's like I now That's have- a good point. So yeah, just having a network of people who have gone to the depths in their subject matter. What's that? What's that? That graph called where it's like you the think Dunning Kruger. There effect. you go. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> it's it's super true. But it's interesting because um, you know we talk about we just talked about this recently about I was reading this whole article on the placebo effect, um, and I find it so fascinating. You know they do studies with people where they'll give them fake surgeries. Have you read these studies? Oh yeah, yeah. They don't even do anything. They just cut the leg open and sew it back up, and the person has the same. Like pain relief is the people who did have the surgery. Yeah, very I, strange. And but like it's perception is is something that's very, um, it, it's very open to interpretation, right? Like I it, think literally. Yeah. So I, I just think the there's different ways to access that. Like that down regulation is a is a lock, and there's so many different keys that can turn that lock, right? So whether it's whether it's function, whether it's fuck heat, whether it's biochemical, like there's so many things that can. If pain is the goal, like. That's and that's again, that's why I hold it as not. Yeah, no, it's easy. Like it's easy if you know where to look for it, like how to downregulate that perception, because that's all it is. Like my my uncle, if he eats red meat, his perception when he, he fucking sleepwalks. 
right? The piece of red meat, he's in his fucking Cherokee asleep behind the wheel, but he's driving. So That's what red meat does to him? Yeah. Yeah, like if he eats like Uncle Brian, like you gotta hide the keys. If he's got a fucking <laughs> if he's got a fucking ribeye, he's he's like going on the four oh one, but he's asleep. Like <laughs> yeah. But it's like, okay, how fucking like whatever amino acid triggers whatever, there's a whole perceptual cascade that happened from one thing, right? Like it's it'd be naive to think that it's going to be as as simple or as basic like we shouldn't trust our perceptions it's mm. it's the deeper you go the the re, the more you realize there's way more out there yeah. you know what i'm saying cuz there's 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 pain and then there's your experience of pain there's uh movement and there's your experience of movement and you can't separate them they're, it's all it's all one you can't separate them so i listened to a really good podcast mm. with russell brand like years ago and he he made it and i i used it in my seminar um and it's like he gets on my nerves sometimes sometimes he says shit i'm like whoa he talks yeah. like, in a lot of yeah. circles yeah. yeah but he he made this point about like spirituality where it was like he's like my dog doesn't know the internet exists and i was like oh fuck it's about <laughs> what, like, did you it was, smoke weed before this? No, but it was yeah. just like it's like it's about having the instruments to perceive the information, right? Mm. To to gather the information. Right. So understanding mm -hmm. that I am a very blunt instrument, so I might not have the capacities to fully understand how something works. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, right? no, it's so, very self aware to even yeah, think like yeah. that, you know. And I just think if like. It's if you're outcome based, right? Like, because you talked earlier, and meditation has become such like a popular thing, and I hate to double back, but like, I look at like spirituality and religion as two almost like polarities, right? Like, I know people who are very spiritual, but wouldn't step foot in a church, right? Mm. Right? But it's like, and they and they argue, it's like, oh no, like you got to show up on Sunday, community, whatever, and then it's like, nah, like homie, I'm gonna do me. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're about the outcome, it shouldn't really matter like how it is you find that, right? Because right. like people get on me like, oh bro, like you should really meditate. I was like, I'm two hours in my own fucking head in the gym. Like that is meditation. And if it's, it's the same outcome at the end of it, why do I need to sit cross-legged and fucking sing Kumbaya and that shit? You know what I mean? Religion, sure. religion is, is the practice, I think, of, uh, of spirituality. And, and you know, if you really want to know what people, it. you really want to know what people believe, don't listen to what they say they believe. Watch how they Watch act. Watch their actions. Yep. That's, that's, how, that's the truth. It's, it's how people act. Like I could sit here and talk about how much I believe in, in good nutrition all day long and then you watch me eat and you know that's bullshit i could talk all about how i want to save the environment and i think we shouldn't you know uh you know be burning fossil fuels but i'm driving you know a hummer or i own a yacht and all these other things like a lot of celebrities do it's it's all about your actions and uh that's really what shows uh, what you believe in my opinion yeah no, i totally agree it's just like the the indoctrination of these new ideas like this meditation thing is like oh everyone's got to meditate it's no, like man. the second everyone has to do something you've lost mm. me no no mm. no no mm -hmm. and you're you're seeing the rise of this uh this psychedelic culture now where you know my favorite quote is Carl Jung where he says you know beware of unearned unearned wisdom so you've got all these you know it's like it's like imagine putting a you know 12 year old skinny kid instantly in your body is he going to have your wisdom of how to lift? Yeah, he's a big, strong guy all of a sudden, but is he going to be big and strong in the gym? Well, I love how you use that up? example, right? Like, it's about fanning. It's it's perform, It's cognitive enhancement, mm -hmm. right? I, there's no doubt on that. Like, 
I've, I've played around in the last couple, in the last six months. We'll talk off air, but like, <laughs> I don't like perpetuating it o- over podcasts. But I've, fuck man, I like in undergrad, I took Adderall and I've taken some crazier shit since then. But it's about like, because I drank coffee once. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it's like I look at it like PEDs, right? Like you know, sure. it's about a bay. Like I know kids who didn't touch gear until they were like two sixty with abs. You look the fuck out. Like you throw ten mils of trend at this kid, boom, he's blowing up. Yeah. Where it's like. Okay, you've built a base in your body to fan a flame, and it only takes a little bit of gear for that mm-hmm. that enhancement to happen. It's the same thing mentally, man. Like, totally. if you haven't read, like, read and bolstered your skill set, and like had experience and traveled, and like, and been able to interpretate or to interpret different situations, and surrounded yourself with different ideas and thought processes, been open and and learned and grown, like from a mental standpoint, it's like you're fanning a really low flame. Think about literally. Think about this for a second. Think about if you could if you you could take a 12-year-old 100-pound kid and snap your fingers and all of a sudden put him in your body and put him in the gym. What do you think he would do to himself in less than 30 minutes? Uh, hurt in, himself. Injure the fuck yeah. out, of, out of himself. Do something absolutely terrible, completely lacking the wisdom that it took to get you to this particular point, even though it's the same end or whatever. It's that unearned wisdom. Beware of it. Yeah. You know, I think that's that, 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 you know, that, that applies to everything. But I, I do think what you're doing is extremely important because – like I brought up those placebo effect uh, studies, when they do the fake surgery, the placebo effect is far more powerful because people have something tangible to kind of believe. I think that's the other reason why it's so effective to understand these things from a Western standpoint, understand biomechanics, understand movement, understand what I'm doing. It's more likely to also improve the way you perceive and experience it as well. Mm. And I think that speaks to like... (sighs) educating the end user right like you don't need to cut that guy Mm. you don't need to cut him at all you need to basically tell him like without telling him that it's in his own head because if that's the thing like yes he has to to get to that point yeah like and but a lot of people it takes so it's it's about the severity of the intervention right like have you seen the bioavailability of like i think it's ibuprofen where it's like they take the same bioavailability but they scale how they they give the intervention it's like one is one is in there's a difference between reported benefit between a a tab and a capsule. Uh, and then there's a difference between a liquid and an injection. So like the injection people think it's like, it's the same fucking thing at the cellular level, the exact same thing's happening at the same dose. It's scaled relative body weight, everything. But because you're getting the fucking shot in the arm, you're like, oh shit, this is the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but the person getting like, oh, well, I just get like a little pill. Like uh-huh. I take like a hundred of these a day. What's what's this one going to be different? So that's it, the it, same reason why Advil literally came out with liquid caps. Really? Yeah, they came out. They have the you have the tablets, yeah. and then you have the oh, it's in liquid form. Gets to your it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. That's incredible. Yeah. It's because but, but consumers think it's more effective. They buy it and they sell. You them. know what's funny? I did. Yeah. Uh, I was on Shrug Collective and with uh, Doug and Anders in New York, and uh, Doug brought up the funniest thing where it was like the most impactful sales line of all time was if you have an erection lasting longer than four hours. Of it's course. like, sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. Sounds good. Four hours? Are you serious? It's like, I'm not calling a doctor. Dude, I'm calling the wife. It's like, like, what se- the fuck? It's like selling we a- gotta s- use this thing. It's like selling a muscle builder. Like, look, you know, this is a very effective muscle builder. Listen, if you build more than 10 pounds in two days, Stop taking this immediately. You, you will sell your all your all do, the Do you guys ever remember Nano Vapor, that muscle tech thing? Yes, I do. Do you remember what was on their fucking container? Oh where it's God. like if you left the, they told you to not leave the container open yes. for like because all the drugs are coming out. Yeah. <laughs> like you better fucking believe that that container was closed in ten seconds flat when I was like fourteen years old. It was like quick, you ready, man? It was like 
It was like Mel Gibson pulling Donald Glover off the toilet in like that Lethal Weapon movie. It's like, hey, on, on th- we're going like on three, like one, two, then three. Like wow. you got the scoop, right? Like, yeah. are you ready? Lethal, Lethal One reference yeah. right yeah. there, bro. Oh, oh yeah, man. Oh my god, that's, a, that that's a, such a good that one. That is a throwback. Did you? Right was were you? You're 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 a lot younger than I. But I think when you were younger, was Ephedra still on the market? Were you taking Ephedra pre-workout? I've done that. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. crazy, dude! I was in Lebanon. Fuck, sitting around like the locker room before we were training. It was like I knew a couple of guys. I didn't know all of them. And it's like, Everyone's drugs are legal. Yeah. Like, we literally went into a pharmacy at 1230 at night just because I didn't believe them and they bought tests over the counter at 1230 at night. Wow. And just and I was like, holy fuck, this is insane. So we're sitting around the locker so, room. So it's fully legal to buy anabolics over there. <laughs> oh, wow. But it's illegal to probably drink alcohol, I'm assuming. No, Lebanon is, <laughs> Lebanon's cool. Okay. Lebanon's okay. like, it's Middle East light, man. Okay. Like, I'm telling <laughs> you, it's, it's a party town. Okay. Um, but like, literally, I was sitting in this gym and- like, whatever, yeah, I've been around needles before. And so I kind of know the go. If pre-workout, it's like, all right, someone's running slim, someone's running growth, whatever. And I know, like, the usual sites that these things are going. So there's, you know, it's a party, right? <laughs> and some guy grabs a fucking knee wrap and then tourniquets his arm. And I was like, uh, 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 <laughs> oh, what you doing, what what you doing Ray Charles? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fucking goes IV with it. What? Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Ephedrine. Uh, no, I'm like, dude, what? you're not going to be okay for a long time. It was yeah. like, it was like Requiem for a Dream or like one of those Jason Statham, like, Holy crank shit. movies. You could just see the well, eyes. That's, that's go- basically speed. Dude, it he was basically did incredible. Speak. It was just like you watch him. It's like his eyes are sweating. His literal eyeballs are sweating, and it was just like, yeah, whatever, no big deal. Wow. Just like pre-workout ephedrine, straight. To I've the seen main a lot line. of shit. I'd never Ooh. seen that. Was yeah, like I've been been around the block, but that one was like okay. That's like I got it's nine one one here, right? That's the, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the number in Lebanon. All right, just just I got nine one. You let me know when you want me to pull the trigger. Yeah, it was crazy. Are they jacked or what? No, no. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's like guys, you're you got, on all kinds of like, shit. What are you doing? Pfizer like Pfizer test over the counter. Yeah, it's no different than over here. Yeah, yeah. same yeah, thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You walk. I, I tell people this all the time. You you would not believe how many people in your average 24-hour fitness or golds is on gear. Oh, you don't, if you don't train right, you don't got good diet, and of course, if you got shitty genetics, it ain't gonna, I mean, yeah. you, you're, I, I had a guy, who I bring him up all the time, poor guy, but he used to work for me, and this guy was on like two, three grams of gear every week, and he looked like a fucking normal dude. It was crazy. He lost his hair. That's what happened. He got all the side effects. Built none of the muscle. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, it was really like you I go into like American Barbell and Campbell and like I could just sit there. It's like you fuck the golden snitch. Let me do it. Like him, 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 yeah, him, yeah, you, yeah. sweetheart, you come here. You're yeah. definitely on drugs. Like that's the easiest thing. Like it you, is. you know it, it's like a mile away. No, no. There's a, a lot of people and a lot of people just don't do it right, man. You know, before uh we got on air, um, we were talking this was before Sally even got there, and I was asking you some personal questions and you said that you hadn't talked about it on air, but you said you'd be open to talking about it on air. And I wanted you to share your uh, first homosexual experience that you Ah, uh, yes. Well, the good thing, it was, Sal didn't have to be there because Sal was there. Yeah. No, what... Uh, I'm the giver. What, we, what we were talking about is um, you're, you're in the middle of um, a, a major uh, life-changing moment for yourself. And uh, you seem to be keeping yourself composed and handling it. And uh, I would like to talk a little bit about it. And mainly because, not to put you on front street... But because I think you are a very self-aware person and I think there's obviously some things that you've probably learned about yourself from this whole situation and something that probably somebody who's listening can learn from you. Uh, maybe some mistakes that you made or things that you had done differently. Maybe you can touch a little bit on what you're going through and how that's been. 
yeah, so I mean, I'm out of the Bay Area in two weeks, gone. Like, packing up, just life I had, not a thing anymore. You gotta have something worth, like, you gotta have something pulling you out, right? Like, you gotta have, I think a lot of people, they find comfort in complacency. And they, they get scared to sort of step out and pursue things. So whether that's like a relationship or whether that's a job or something like that. Um, so yeah, I sort of made, having an ability to make decisions devoid of emotion, I think is something that I've been working on the last couple of years. And like, that's a skill set that regardless of like emoting about a problem is not, is not fixing a problem. So I think you can, you can cry and you can do all that, which is fine. Like there's, um, there's, there's a place, there's a time and a place for that, but like it doesn't actually solve issues. So just kind of something I've adapted in, in, in being, I don't even like the word entrepreneur anymore because I think that has a negative connotation, but in like having to make business decisions and having to make life decisions, having to make relationship decisions, being the, the more pertinent one that we're sort of t- touching on now, it's like being able to look past like the discomfort and like delayed gratification and like being able to make decisions devoid of emotion. Like, yeah, it's, it's been a really shitty in some ways a really shitty six months, like sleeping on the fucking floor. There was no Instagram post on that. There was no right. fucking high res video that my guy cut up of me fucking dry heaving from fatigue because I was sleeping on fucking linoleum for the better part of a month. Right. Um, so and it's it's something too that I don't I don't put out there because I feel like there's even a marketplace now for mm, like I marketing agree. psychosis. You know 100%. what I mean? Like there was mental health day a couple months ago. And like the irony of like going through your Instagram stories, it's like, well, you have a personality disorder. You're, you're on like, you're on this drug, this drug and this drug for your anxiety. But yeah. your, your means of dealing with it is the exact same thing that's giving you all this anxiety, like going right. on social media. So I don't, I don't talk about the personal life often when it comes to that, but I think putting a spin of like, like responsibility, like it's on you have something that's like worth pursuing and like if it's worth pursuing if it's worth doing it's worth overdoing in my mm-hmm. opinion like like being passionate about it but i think people conflate compassion and emotion like yeah. like being disciplined to do what's necessary right like think about training right a lot of you like well, i'll do what it takes like will you take a week off will you take a week off training they're like no 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 like oh hashtag no days off it's like you're not in it you're not that's you you think you're passionate but you're just emoting about something like there's just mm-hmm. you're you're not in a lot of ways successful people in my opinion are are dispassionate like if you look at Belichick like you know it's a, a fucking low scoring game and he's he's not like oh let's go like oh it's like that's it's, it's, it's kind of stupid right like being able to look long term and like in this case like what's best for both of us in that situation and like being able to make decisions devoid of emotion yeah. and like feel what you have to feel. Sure. But like whether it's business or whether it's relationship, being able to make decisions independent to that for what's best for the company, best, best for the relationship, what's best for the individual. That's something that you really can only learn if you force that on yourself. And most people like aren't willing to have that conversation. Right. And that's a tough it's a tough conversation. It's hard, man. Mm-hmm. I, I went through a divorce, uh, uh, you know, about, was it three, four years ago, and um, you kind of have to get to that point, but it's not, it's not easy. How, at what point did you get to that point where you were, where you could t- take a step back and, and, and separate the emotion and the fear and the attachment, and say, okay, uh, this is just what needs to happen. I think for me, I'm lucky in the sense that, like, what I do, like, what I love to do, actually makes me money. So I think it might be a harder advice to take for people who just have like a regular nine to five, like to have an, like to have an anchor that's independent to that. Like 
I'll never, this is going to might sound like morose, but like, I don't ever want my passion to be about another person or my happiness dependent on another person mm. or my, maybe better yet, my fulfillment to become like come from another person. Like happiness is, you know, it's cool. Sure. But like, I think doing something that fulfills you long-term is really what people should strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having that as like, as an operative goal long-term really made the decision easy where it's like, it's kind of like how I've been in everything. It's like, if I'm, if I'm doing a meet, nothing gets in my way. Like if I'm doing, if I want to travel for work and present and I want to build my career and like, I have a very clear focus on, on what it is I want to do in five years in 10 years, th- that makes the decision process easier. And that makes it, that makes the pulling the emotion part out of it. It's like, if anything stands in the way of this as like cold as that might sound. Now, do you come from the camp that you, everything has happened for a reason and as because you guys were together for a long time too and it was that all meant to be and then and you'll and you guys will go different separate ways and you're happy for the time that you did spend together or do you come from the camp that you look back and you go like i probably should have never been with this person no no because i i think like it's very much a butterfly effect right actually uh someone i've been reading a lot of lately is sam harris and he talks about free will a lot and like mm-hmm. the the facade of free will like basically everything happens for a reason mm. from like a like a biochemical neurochemical like cellular level he's like but, the most spiritual atheist of all time yeah <laughs> but it's unbelievable yeah. to have such a fine point on it that's yeah. tangible right mm-hmm. so like no because if you're happy with where you're at you can't regret what got you there is sort of like an overarching theme with anything that i've done like mm. it's like we were talking about ryan holiday before like if you read obstacles away like that just it's about how you frame it right like because you're going to learn the lesson whether you like it or not so it's like you might as well embrace that as as a positive and learn from it so i think people who do that like who like like oh that was like a waste of time or whatever like nonsense like that aren't appreciative of what they learned or they didn't open themselves up to learn from the experience mm-hmm. at all so no no it's definitely are like, you do you get afraid that you're that you're because you're so um you're so calm and level-headed about things do you feel like something's going to come out or did it come out and now you're you know what i'm saying do you ever yeah. get afraid like you bury things no um, and i'm yeah. not saying that you do because uh, here's the thing we don't see what happens be- behind closed doors and I- i'm not one to show that to other people either but behind closed doors you can have your own your own breakdown you know yeah I, and i don't know maybe it's i'm so busy that I, it's coming but like i go looking for it Cause it's, there's almost like a social pressure in that situation. Like, again, this is like a conversation I've divulged with. <laughs> Start hugging you. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you watch enough movies and you're like, there should be an emotion there. But it's like, I think if you just understand, like for me, it's about like, and watch me have a fucking breakdown of the car after this or some shit. But it's just like. Fucking mind pump guys. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, just see right to the core of me. Um, no, but I think like, again, like. Uh, <laughs> that song always gets me. Um, I just think like, like I, I, I'm lucky in the situation. I think, I don't want to say unique, but again, what I do for work, like you again wakes me up in the middle of the night makes my hair stand on end like i'm willing to and not even sacrifice because it's like i don't know what else i would do like from like like i like presenting more than i enjoy lifting and i'll fucking i'll skip my birthday i'll skip my mom's birthday i'll skip jesus's birthday to lift like i don't care but and this wow. is holding like a higher order than that and it's not like some profound fucking shaman shit or anything like that it's like i just like getting in a room and I like talking to people about the thing that I've dedicated the better part of the last 13 years of my life to. Um, so like having that as 
a sort of a carrot to chase. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's not fleeting in the sense that I don't think about it, but it's if knowing that that got taken away as a consequence of not making the decision mm-hmm. that we came to, then right. that would be. You guys are just, amicable. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man, for that's sure. The ba- that's the way to do it. I mean, it, it, when when I when I get really sad is when I see people separate especially when they have children you guys don't have kids but especially when they have children where it's like listen we can do this in a way and not make it worse it's already hard but let's not make it worse let's work together to make this as cool as possible and be understanding of each other because we can we it's for sure you can make it way worse than it is now for sure can we make it better? Can we make it so that things work out well? And it sounds like you guys are doing that. Yeah, and there's no need to add insult to injury, right? And I think the worst thing, like, I can hate people. Like, I'm really good at hating people. I never want to resent someone. And I think there's a difference there where that if that's the path you're headed on, it's like that needs to be that needs just to lives be taken inside care. of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, hate is like, I don't know, maybe hate's a strong word or whatever, but like, it has no effect on my life. Like, there are people who they doesn't occupy my time, but resentment is like that's a really dangerous um, place to operate from. So it's like if that's where you think you're headed, I think that's a very like big mm. not red flag, but a sign that like a light on the dashboard that says sort of check the engine because right. like I've seen that, like I've seen that in my friends' parents where you can tell it's like I literally have friends who their parents sleep in separate bedrooms. Yeah, mm. it's like well, what, to what end? What are you doing? You yeah. know what I mean? Like we kind of touched on that before. It's like who are you think you're helping right. in this situation? Yeah. Right. Do you do you, do you come from? A, are your parents still together? Or yeah, they, they are. Yeah, my par- so, I've never seen my parents have fight ever. So so how was it tough to tell your parents? Because I come from a, a a very traditional family. We had in my whole family, I'm talking hundreds of people, one divorce. So telling my family I was going through a divorce that was almost as hard as as, as telling my kids. Did you have a tough time telling your parents? Not were they no? They were no, good. No. Now were they like ah? We knew that would happen. No, no, no. The, okay. They were they were definitely taken aback. But like my parents are like they're the Mick to my Rocky. You know what I mean? They're in my fucking corner since yeah. Jump Street. Like whatever it is that because like <laughs> I've done some really dumb shit and like there's been some like hey come pick up your son phone calls <laughs> at like three <laughs> thirty in the morning. Like they've seen me. I was I was on a cruise ship when I was fifteen and like. I got dragged back to my room in a wheelchair. Like my mom has seen wow. me through. Like I was <laughs> fucked out of my mind. Like that's why I stopped drinking when I was eighteen. Like I've been a drop alcohol in almost eleven years. Oh, wow. And it, but it's like my mom is like, as long as I'm alive, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get through it. We'll get over it. Like it's. I've never really had like if you have that sort of safety net, like you don't really ever have problems. Sure. Ever. Mm-hmm. Like because and that allows me to operate with a fair amount of like free will because it's like. Well, worst case, I can always go back and live with the parents. I mean, I won't live with my parents because, like, having that freedom allows you to take risks mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily or you might not necessarily would have taken without that safety net. Um, but no, they were like, there was no outward showing of like, I'm sure after close there was like, man, this fucking kid's going to die alone. You idiot. Like, <laughs> what are you thinking? But like, when they talk to me one on one, like, I've always been the black, not the black sheep, but I mean, my sister is a, 
Um, she's a physician and she's like a real doctor um, <laughs> with like a real life and no Instagram account. So, um, and her husband is like wildly successful. My sister swam um, at NCAA. She went to Olympic trials for Team Canada. Oh, wow. Like, so I, here I am, like fucking bar fighting hockey player. Like, <laughs> wait, you're just you're just going to chiropractic college. You're playing like a fake doctor on the internet. Like, oh okay. Um, so like my parents are used to me kind of like taking the road less desired or less traveled. So yeah, no, they're totally cool with it. That's good, man. So I'm, now, so now you're just traveling. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to pause this right now. Doug, I want you to pause and let's do it right now. Okay. Let's call him right now. So I've been texting back and forth with Ben Greenfield ever since he did the tweet the other day, uh, about vaccines. I was just blown away that he put a statement out there like that, that vaccines cause autism. And there's been an absolute shitstorm on Twitter. And I've been telling him, hey, I'm going to give you a call because I want to talk to you uh, about this. And he's just now, he just now texted me right now. So I want, I want to call him, Doug, and let's, let's get him on the phone real quick. Let's talk. Hello? Yo, can you hear us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any... I I can hear your tiny little high-pitched voices. Oh. Uh, are you, uh, what are you wearing right you now? You shine the red light on your balls right yeah, now? Yeah, interrupt you? I'm, I'm, I'm dressed in a bunch of camouflage and giant winter gloves because I'm out shoveling snow off the truck and trying to clear a lane to sight in my bow here. I hear coffee so I've got a, keep you warm. I've got, a, uh, <laughs> I've got a bow shooting competition on Saturday, so I'm trying to, we've got just tons of snow here. And so I'm digging through the snow, trying to create a line to be able to, to shoot 50 yards out here in the, in the yard. So I, I don't want to I don't want to waste too much of your time because I know you're a busy guy. We tried to connect yesterday, and I know you had a, a bunch of people over the house, and we're busy, and I'm only got you for a few minutes. But I saw the shit storm that you're causing on Twitter right now, and I gotta I gotta hear uh, one why you did it and where that came from, and uh, what's the, what's the deal with the vaccines tweet. All right. Well, look, I mean, any time that you post something like that, that causes some kind of cognitive dissonance that results in people, many people have never heard that view before being jarred out of a viewpoint that they just held almost religiously and dogmatically as a fundamental truth. People have every right to become upset. That's human nature. Right. And so when I post on Twitter that I'm not entirely convinced that vaccines are healthy and I actually think that that in some cases they they can cause some issues, you know, to, to, primarily immune based issues. Right. Because you get this, this huge activation of, of the, uh, you know, the humoral immune response about uh, an opportunity for the innate immune response to kick into action. And uh, that, that's really not the way that, that, a, that a human baby or a human child or a human adult is is supposed to encounter uh, an antigen. And so it can create, it can create some health issues. And I'm not convinced that that, that those health issues are, are, uh, are, are uh, exceeded by the benefits of the vaccinations themselves. And of course we could be on this call for a very long time going into, you know, the fact that, you know, when vaccinations arose, you know, Society was very filthy. People were dying. Medicine hadn't progressed that far. And uh, even prior to vaccines being introduced, we were beginning to see a reduction in a lot of these diseases uh, due to the emergence of, of cleanliness and, and hygiene and, and medicine. But, you know, un, un, unfortunately, uh, at the time the vaccines came about, 
they were they were effective against some things like smallpox, for example, being the most famous. And so they they wound up um, they they wound up becoming quite popular and and mandated in many situations. And that kind of relates to why I sent that that tweet is because in Washington State right now they're trying to, based on an outbreak of measles, a uh, a rash that that. You know, up until 100 years ago, you know, kids would just get a get a rash. You know, the same way I got chicken pox when I was 10 years old, and you, you know, you let it run its course, and you're sick for a little while, and and then your your immune system builds up its own innate and humoral responses, and be able to 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 fight off diseases like that more readily in the future. And so, Washington State's trying to get rid of of uh, the ability for a parent, based on personal or philosophical exemptions. Or, or, um, you know, yeah, this is basically what's called it's, it's an exemption, you know, the ability to be able to say, Hey, well, I, I decided that I, I don't want to, I don't want to get the vaccine. I've, I've looked at the research and feel like maybe, maybe it's going to do more harm than good to my child. But Washington State is trying to get rid of that right for the parents and instead just require, uh, vaccines to become mandatory. And I, I get the logic to a certain extent, right? You get a whole bunch of kids with, with measles at school. It's, it, spreads some kids you know potentially those with a weaker immune system they might actually become very sick and even need to be hospitalized and and that's that's certainly a risk it's a risk that that could be overcome by say you know keeping your child home from school and giving them (laughs) bone broth and plenty of vitamins and and you know all the things that we know to be able to support the immune system but uh ultimately uh in in watching what's happening in washington state and me being the libertarian that I am, you know, I posted a, a couple of comments about measles and the fact that I don't think that, that the vaccine should be required uh, and that I even feel that, that vaccines in some cases are linked to things like autism. And, of course, as you guys saw, shit hit the fan. And, oh, yeah. No, I, I, um, I think we all agree with you that I don't think we think anything should be forced or mandated by the government. I think uh, I think we're all on the same page with with those views. But you didn't just say that. I mean, you said vaccines do indeed cause autism. I mean, you just straight yeah. triggered. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, you they're, triggered they're, the jugular. They're not the, uh, of, uh, they're not the sole cause of autism. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. No, I'm no, and I don't think I don't think you mean yeah. that either. But to even just to say that in, in this climate right now is is a dangerous thing. I mean, we we had we had alluded to that maybe a year or two ago that there's possibilities of that. And we we took on a shitstorm just for alluding to the possibility of that it could be a possibility, and so we had to even bring on uh, an expert in the field to talk to them and 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 share their point of view. And they kind of came the other direction and said that it's all that's been disproven. Now, do you agree or disagree with that? I I disagree that the link between vaccines and autism has been disproven. Uh, and, and this kind of, of course, could result in a two hour long conversation, or I could direct you to, for example, our, our friend Paul Check's recent interview with Sherry Tenpenny, in which they delve into this issue for about three hours. Well worth mm-hmm. a, a, a listen for your Check audience. Yep. Or, or even, you know, thumbing through uh, Sherry Tenpenny's book, which I appreciate because every single statement you can go find a good research on you can go to pubmed yourself you can go to the cdc's website you, you can go to all these different sources from her book probably probably the top two sources of her book or the book uh dissolving illusions you know both written from a very uh kind of non-dogmatic research-based standpoint and that's what i appreciate about books like that to be able to go dig into the issue 
yourself. And, and so the resources exist out there to be able to learn more about this. But man, it, I, I was actually shocked myself at the vitriolic nature of the comments that I received back. I mean, when I open my Twitter message inbox right now, it is basically baby killer, murderer. I hope you die of polio. I hope you die of measles. I hope you die of smallpox. Um, I hope your children die of measles. I hope your children die of, of, uh, of, of wow. smallpox. I hope your, your children die, you know, and, and literally hundreds of extremely vitriolic uh, hate spewing into my Twitter inbox. It's, it's, and it's become politicized. That's why it's a, it's a, it's a new political wedge issue uh, that they're using to get people to pick sides. And so now, uh, and that's why it's that way. And, you know, fuck those people. Uh, you, you, who owns the, the state doesn't own your kids. I don't care if I agree or disagree with you. At the end of the day, the government having the authority to force you to inject something into your own children, I'm sorry, but that's more than a slippery slope, in my opinion. And so, Right. And, and, and granted, can, can the government then say, well, we own the public schools. If your child is not vaccinated, we're not going to allow them into the school. Well, fine. Okay. Sure. i got to deal with the consequences of my decision, and I'm not able to send my child to a school, potentially, that I'm paying taxes to support because I've made a personal decision. And because that might put other children at risk or at least make parents feel uncomfortable, I get it. And I'll, I'll eat those words. I, I already told multiple people that, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we used to homeschool our kids. They go to private school now. These Washington State uh, um, uh, 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 laws require that for the private school my children attend. I'm not able to pass a, a vaccination on them based on religious, personal or philosophical exemptions. I will bite the bullet and it's going to be a pain in the ass, but I'll start homeschooling because I'll stand by my words and I'm not going to force other parents to, to have to, to have to deal with, with something that, that I've said, you know, if, if they're uncomfortable with my kids being at school around them, like I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. You know, I'll, I'll be a responsible man and, and just, just basically roll with the punches. But the idea here, you know, big picture is, and I even asked, you know, uh, uh, Jack, the CEO of, of of Twitter and I are acquaintances. And, you know, I asked him, I said, you, you know, you think I should delete the tweet? And, you know, his, his recommendation was that, you know, in most cases, you know, it's not a tweet deletion, but sometimes a tweet clarification that might need to be made, which I did. I, I posted four solid resources for people, the exact resources I use to educate myself on this issue, the movie back, the uh, docu-series on vaccines, the book Dissolving Illusions and Sherry Tenpenny's book about vaccines. And then, you know, I, I just, uh, just basically sent that one clarifying tweet and steered clear of, of, you know, engaging in any of the other kind of vitriolic discussions that were on there. Uh, but you know what? We, we live in a society where if you're trying to impress the world, if you are trying to be the person that the world wants you to be, you're going to be another sheep. You're going to be another lemming. And ultimately, if you say something and receive hate for it and then, and then pull back on what you said or delete it because of the hate that you're getting, all you're doing is, is weakening and diluting anything that you might say in the future because it shows that you really don't stand by your words, that you're instead just going to, to, to bend to the whims of whatever the rest of the world wants you to say because you want to be accepted. And in my opinion, this is the same way I'm raising my boys. If you want to be a strong man, if you want to be respected, 
if you say something, no matter how much hate or grief you get for it, if it's true and, and you believe it in your core to be true, you stand by your words, even if it means you're going to take a lot of shit for it. Ah, fucking love you, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I respect that, brother. I respect that. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, have, have, have a wonderful day. I'm going to get back into the snow here. Yeah, right, you brother. too. We'll catch, from Twitter. we'll catch up later, brother. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Later. See yeah. you on the tweet. Late. Bye. You know, I, I, one of the things I love about that guy, and it's probably how he wrapped that all up, um, you know, at the beginning, he was kind of digging himself into a deeper grave, I thought, um, with uh, his statements and stuff. And he did come out really strong. But, I mean, he brings up an, an incredible point. I, I agree with, um, I, I think we all agree with, that I don't think that the, the government should intervene on... Should force it. Here, here's, mm-hmm. my, here's, my, here's the problem. The problem is the argument. The argument is, is being, are vaccines perfectly safe or, or do vaccines cause things like autism? I don't think that's the necessary argument. You can talk about those things and discuss them, but the real argument is fine. Does the should the government have the authority to force you to inject whatever they deem to be good into your children? It's it's just like when they had the the, the gay marriage debate. Is should we let people gay people? The argument was why are we getting a license from the government to get married? Like that should be the argument. Like well, that's strange. It's a strange thing. I think it's a strange thing that we allow the government to have the authority to literally inject into... And by the way, this is the same government. I'm just talking for the U.S. government. I don't know what the Canadian gov- government's done, but I'll tell you something what the, the U.S. government's done. They've injected people with syphilis. They've mm-hmm. sprayed people on fucking cities to test shit on them. They've taken prisoners and given them LSD to see what it does to them and, and done all kinds of weird shit. I just don't trust anybody. Sorry, I don't trust anybody, especially when they tell me, if you don't do this, I'm going to throw you in jail. Sorry. That same government has orchestrated two world wars to our favor i'm not saying they're 100 percent bad but, but I i'm saying you got to take the good with the bad uh, well, right like i think every time there's a fucking black hawk that lights someone up that would be in your fucking living room otherwise you fucking hit your knees and this is coming from i'm from canada right and i'm but i was raised like my like my dad we got three canoes <laughs> and a fucking, fucking tank that's it. but it's like my <laughs> dad my dad will give up his fucking seat on a plane for an american soldier yeah, yeah. i was raised he's like we live a damn good yeah life. and that's and that's not that's not even the argument i'm making no. at all uh my argument is uh what especially this country what it stands for is for liberty that's what this right. country was founded on i mean our entire government if you read the how it was organized originally, the entire thing was not organized in a way to say this is what government can do or, or should do for you. It was these this this these documents protect you from your government. They ensure your liberty. And it's a massive assault on liberty to give any anybody who has the authority to legislate and to throw you into jail or to kill you, which the only legal entity that ha- the only legal entity that exists that can do that is the government, and you're going to give those same people the authority to say, we can do that to you, and we can do whatever we want to your kids, and if we decide it's right, then it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not cool with that. I'm not 100% cool with that. So, but it's not an a la carte menu, man. Like, you can't pick and choose. You can't cherry I think we pick. Can. I don't, well, that's, I think that's a fundamental difference between, like, I don't want to say socialism because I think socialism uh, in this country has a negative connotation. Please don't say But, so. like, listen, dude, I got hit by a fucking car in Santa Clara on my bicycle. I got, I, I took a Chevy Suburban to the shoulder. My left labrum is a hood ornament for this chick's Chevy Suburban now. 
the first thing that I did, the first thing I remember when like regaining consciousness, bleeding in the street, trying not to get run over, was homeboy on the corner went, yo, bro, not are you okay, was do you have health insurance? Where's the fucking humanity in that? Because he knew that if I didn't, he's not calling 911 because I'm better off getting run over. It would have cost me less to take a Delta flight, first class, mind you, from San Jose to Detroit, take an Uber black across the border into my hometown of Windsor, Ontario, walk into a fucking hospital and get seen then, rather than 2.3 miles. Are Are you using the fucking... You are not using the medical system as your argument right now, are you? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Oh my god! But it's like it's my idea I'm that like why you in the why head right so now. you could try, <laughs> oh but the, trust me, your hospital bills would be really expensive. <laughs> but it's like the idea, bro. That, I'm not gonna fight fair. Come on, no. dude. Well, no, I don't want to. Here's the thing. That's that's. I mean, we can get into a discussion about socialism look versus at free markets. We could do all that, but but my my argument at the end of the day, fundamentally. Nobody should be able to tell look, who owns my body, who owns my mind. I own these things. Nobody else does. And it's a very strange thing to give somebody else the power to force you to do to your body and your mind or to throw you in jail for doing things mm. that you do to your own body and your own mind. But what it's about- illegal for me to take a drug, but do I, is it illegal for me to kill myself? And if you think taking a drug is killing myself, then what's the difference? If if my kid, these are my children, and at the end of the day, there are fucked up parents that do stupid shit, that abuse their kids and put their kids on weird diets or or uh, neglect their children. I get that, but for the most part, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I trust parents with their kids way more than I, protect, I, I trust government with our kids. Way more. History is 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 on my side. But you it's rights at, versus responsibilities, man. It, like if people are abdicating their responsibility and focusing only on their God given right from the Constitution, it's like okay, no, then there has to. Be be an intervention. Your, responsibility- Your kid is a loaded fucking gun walking well, into a school. Because here's the thing. When he talked about these physiological changes, like that's Darwinism. This doesn't like the attenuated <laughs> like version of the virus that you're getting exposed to as a means. Because if you think about the way vaccinations work is that it is actually promoting an innate response. It's an attenuated. Work, yeah. But like if you remove that, okay. All right, you what you're willing to sacrifice is generations. Like It'll happen. Like if we all turn a blind eye to peanut allergies, and let a bunch of fucking people die. Like I fly international with nuts all the time, and the like. I'm at thirty six thousand feet for like seven hours. I'm like, fuck this guy. I don't know where he is. I'm gonna weed him out. I'm opening this fucking bag of peanuts. I'm starving. <laughs> if we did that, and we had a bunch of dead people on planes in a few generations, yeah, sure. No, no more little announcement. Like, hey, you know, uh, guys, welcome to flight American Airlines flight to whatever the fuck. And uh, it, it just really, someone has a severe nut allergy today. Like, yeah, yeah that. All right. If you're willing and put yourself in the position where your kid's fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. Because right? no. that's generation. It does. That's not going to happen. Like, well, you know, listen, it'll sort itself listen, out. Listen, at the end of the day, if it's a private school and the private school says, we don't want kids that aren't vaccinated, that's totally within their right. Public schools owned by the state. I get that. If you own a business and you put a sign on your, on your business and you say, hey, I, you can't walk in unless you're vaccinated totally within your right. That's your private property. You have every right to do that, but but the parents and people also have every right to yeah. say what goes in their own bodies. It's just the way it works. And this is what's the wonderful thing about liberty is it checks right. itself. My my Liberty is freedom constrained only by the liberty of others. That's it. doesn't mean I'm free to do what the fuck I want. It means I'm free to do whatever I want so long as I don't infringe on other people's so liberties. So when your kid's in public, he's in a bubble. Or he could walk into a fucking Walmart or like yeah. if someone well, gets fucking Ebola and they go right well, to the airport. Well, here, like, no, here's funny. Here, this is what's funny. In, in Washington, D.C., how many states, how many cases of measles did they have, Doug? Why don't you look at it? I think it was like 40 something 
cases of measles or something. It was definitely less than 100, and they called it a state of emergency. Absolutely. In that same period of time, do you know how many kids died of uh, drowning in a pool or slipping on their skateboard or whatever? <laughs> Dude, this is turning into a Second Amendment argument. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew, maybe the right to bear arms was the right to wear fucking cut-off T-shirts. Like, fucking, you guys, it's, it blows my mind when I live in this. Like, you guys look just like me. Why are you saying this shit? Yeah. It doesn't make any, like, you guys should all be purple. Because my blood runs red, bro. Oh, my God. Like, on the boat throwing tea into the harbor. Fuck. 53 cases yeah. of measles. Dude, do you understand how herd state. immunity works, though? Yeah, I do. Because yeah, 53 do. goes to 100, and then every kid in Washington is dead. Oh, whoa. But, like, no, but, like, that's <laughs> how it works. Like, it's not a linear progression with this shit, right? Like, think uh, of degrees of separation. Okay, so here. So, like, okay, I'm going to use that. I'm going to stretch your I'm gonna stretch your argument out a little bit. Okay, oh, let's God, do this. Okay. This, this is good for you. No, 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 this is good. Let's stretch that <laughs> argument out, okay? I know a place where. Food is provided for free, where all weapons are strictly, strictly, strictly regulated, where people are controlled. You have people w looking out for your safety at every checkpoint. It's called prison, and I don't want to fucking live there. So here's the deal. I'd rather live in a free country where I run the risk of crazy shit happening than live under the heel of some fucking tyrannical government that's keeping me safe. Because throughout all of history, that's how they've sold it. Always, always, always. And it is a slippery, slippery slope. Look, we'll use... We'll use England as an example. Use Canada as an example. They're starting to, they're starting to regulate speech. Who determines what's hate speech, and where do you think that ends? Where's that going to go? At some, you know what hate speech is. You know what hate speech was 200 years ago. It was people saying, or or 400 or 500 years ago, it was people saying the king is tyrannical. That was hate speech back then. It was hate speech to say I don't believe in Christianity, and and and, and people would kill you. I I want shit to be free because so far. Throughout all of history, that is what's brought us real prosperity, real equality, and 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 I will never trade safety for, or excuse me, trade my liberty for the for the promise, the false promise of safety. And this right here looks to me like, like you got to be kidding me. Like, okay, fine, people get getting some kids are getting measles. That's terrible. That that, that sucks. You don't want to let kids go to certain schools. That's totally up to them. But the second the government knocks down their door, because that's where it's going to get. It's going to get to the point where. Someone like Ben is going to get fined and or his kids will get taken away because he's not letting the government give them a vaccine. He's not Alex fucking Jones. <laughs> like, no, read that as 53 kids died because of ISIS terrorist attack in Washington and watch the fucking whirly birds go up and watch us fucking carpet bomb the shit out of it, right? Like that, that if that happened, we'd be sitting here fucking firing off revolver rounds like fucking red, white, and blue motherfucker. Hell yeah. But because it's measles and there's like this this idea like this ideal of like, you know, don't fucking tread on me. And then this idea of like protection from your own government, you frame it differently, but it's the same fucking thing, mm. right? Like and it's, it's I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it is, but so what, I, here's we're, a, and we're also discounting the fact that what if what if Ben is right? What if the, the, the woo-woo people that do believe that there may be some sort of correlation between these vaccines... Or just the amount of them, or, or that maybe they're not all created equal, because vaccines aren't yeah, all what, created what equal. Yeah, what if? But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, Oh, right? I don't... Like, I, no, no. I, I, and that's a whole other argument. I'm, it, right? Look, I'm not on the... I'm not, on, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, okay? I want to be clear. I think vaccines are, are one of the single most uh, greatest uh, things that Western medicine has brought to the world. That's my personal belief. I don't think all vaccines are equal, though. Now, I'm not going to say which ones I think are better than others. I don't have enough information to, 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 to discern that. But I have enough information to know that 
they're not all equal. There, there have been cases where vaccines have had to been recalled. There's been situations where there's been problems. There's been romaine lettuce that has been recalled. You're right. Like- all romaine lettuce isn't equated equal either, right? So, uh, so anyway, that's that's. But as far as this is concerned, look, uh, he, you know, I, the way I look at it, Ben wants to raise his kids a particular way. Mm. If the government says you can't take him to public schools, and if the private school says we can't let you in either, and he's saying I'm willing to, to right. homeschool him, fine. But if they get to the point where they're going to knock down his door and take his kids away. I'm going to be there, man. I'm going to be there yeah. holding a sign. Well, they're a lot more likely to do that if you put it on fucking Twitter. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Oh, yeah. he's not a pie. He's not sitting down on a fucking bus. Let's be He's not a, he's not a fucking, <laughs> he's not a civil rights movement. He's, he's got a, a platform. He's, he's, yeah, but he's, he's, got a, a platform. he's an influencer shoveling for an archery match in his fucking driveway. <laughs> he's not Rosa fucking Parks. He's not an, I mean, I love the guy. I was blown away by his intellect. This blows me away. The level of, the level of disconnect. Like, like not a God complex, but at the same time, you're not an order of our day, right? Yeah. Like this is clearly driven, whether consciously or subconsciously, by us having this conversation. Yeah. The reverberation, yeah. any publicity is bad publicity. When fucking Nike ran that ad with Kaepernick, right? Oh God, Did right. you see Bloomberg's report on that? Of like the net positive financial oh, yeah. benefit no, oh, of that? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I posted that. Now, he's not fucking Nike, but I guarantee you to his social brand, the polarization in both directions will I'm sure you weighed that out. And I wish we would have got into that more. Yeah. But it's like, let's not let's not make like a, like a storm in a teacup here. Like, it's this- well, well, here, let me give you an example, okay? Let me give you an example right now. Let's say, uh, I'm going to give you a crazy example. Let's just get, let's have fun here. Let's say you have kids. And by the way, if you ever want to get people fucking riled up, just tell them what they have to do with their kids. <laughs> With their and kids, this, yeah. And that's, what, that's one of the big things here. But let's say you had kids, and let's say you, you, you send them to school, and they're like, listen, we're going we're gonna to teach kids that uh, sexual preference, that's, that's, there's nothing innate about it. It's learned. We're going to teach them just you know do all kinds of crazy stuff. Their gender is – and I'm, I'm touching some third rails here. I don't know where your stances are on that kind of stuff. But let's say you disagree with that, but they're like, no, this is the way it is, and if you don't teach your kids this way – we're going to have to take them away. Like, what do you do at that point? What if they have all the the, the science to support them, but you believe uh, against that? Or what if you're religious and they're saying religious religion is bad? Or what if they're religious and they're saying atheism is bad? And you're like, no, I, I want to raise my kids a particular way. Like, what? where do we draw the line where the government's going to can, can tell you what you can and can't do with your own kids? I understand not hurting them. I understand, you know, uh, not beating them. I understand all that shit. And like I said, there's a lot of terrible, terrible people out there. But here, this is a something that's a, it's a it's a preventative. Uh, you're you're not giving them something to to cure something that they already have. It's a preventative, and they already have laws that say that they can't you know they they shouldn't go to public areas or public schools. And and I and I get that. I think Ben gets that. Where do you draw the line? I mean, when I was a kid, Pluto was still a planet, and they taught that vehemently to us in like the fourth grade. And then it became not what just is it? my. It's, not? it's a dwarf planet. Oh, now. Yeah. thank you very much, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it. It doesn't. It, my parents taught me how to be critical and taught me how to appraise things and taught me to make up my own fucking mind. Taught me how to learn. But these like, are this is the government making up their mind for you. But the government made up their mind that part of the curriculum that was Pluto was a planet, and it had no bearing on my life. It's like. It, well, they're not injecting you with Pluto. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I just, I, I think you're just like Boom, you're drawing false equivalents. <laughs> and we're done. He's we gonna pull done. a George Costanza. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I think that's mic. you're drawing a false equivalency there. I did, like, I did draw a false. But, hey, you know what's funny? Is you, yeah. I was watching Seinfeld last night, so I'm taking my girl through. She's never watched it. Oh, and it was the George. You're welcome. Co- George Costanza talks about. So yeah. he's gonna leave in a high note. He's got a girlfriend at this time, and they are, uh, you know, and then he's got Elaine and, and Jerry and Kramer, and that's this, and he keeps them separate. 
where he yeah. calls them separate worlds. Yeah. And then Elaine starts hanging out with his girlfriend, and he's freaking out the whole time. My worlds are colliding. Worlds colliding. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, look, it's a it, it's a heated discussion, and I whatever. I really don't care. I I just support people, you know, standing up for themselves, and I. I'm on Ben's side. Not necessarily that vaccines cause autism, but that uh, they shouldn't be able to force his kids. But whatever. Look, whatever. Let's talk about cool. Let's talk about light stuff now. <laughs> no, <laughs> got, I wanted to, to stir it up there for a minute. Here's the thing for me. I mean, this is on my mind a lot right now. I mean, I've got uh, you know, I've, I've got a baby boy around the corner that's coming in August, and uh, I don't know where I stand on the whole vaccine thing. I mean, I've been I've been reading. I've heard a million different people who have a million different arguments. I get brilliant people in the same room that debate it and disagree with each other and so right. someone like me it's, it puts me in a very hard decision on the man what where 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 will i draw the line or will i let them inject my baby with nine different things and right. be okay with it because i think that's the smarter thing to do i don't know yet man i think it just comes down to your dedicate not maybe dedication is the wrong word but like your dedication for lack of a better word to like the collective Right. To like the forwarding of humanity as a whole, mm. like to be a part of like this idea of shared responsibility, I think, is what what's kind of on trial here. Like the psychological phenomenon of shared responsibility. So you're like for the betterment of the evolution of human, we should all do it. And then if we find out in five years that it does cause autism and my kid ends up fucked, gets fucked because of it. It's like, well, I still did the right thing because we had to get we had to figure it out sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's I think I lost me here, but I think there's a there's a there's a sacrifice you have to make. And have to be willing to make, and uh, I think depending on your influence growing up, that's can, that's. I'm glad you said that because that's actually a fundamental hmm. uh, difference in, in how I think about things. The way mm-hmm. I look at society is, if we want society to progress in the best way possible, then rather than focusing on everybody else and everything else, focus on ourselves. Make ourselves the best versions we can possibly be. Make ourselves good people. Because in reality, that's really all you ever control. Because you do get a lot of people that stand on soapboxes that preach and tell people what to do. And here's what's better for you. And here's what's better for everybody else. But really, it's like make your own bed, clean your own room, take care of yourself, make yourself the best person possible. And then we'll see what ends up happening. And it's really fundamentally the difference between a collectivist attitude and an, and a, and an attitude based on individuals. And, yep. and society isn't... The re- society is a collection of individuals. That's all it is. Yeah, but if your kid doesn't make his bed, my kid's made bed doesn't all of a sudden get unmade, <laughs> right? Like that's that's again. I think you I'm- have every look at. Here's the deal: you have every right to keep your kid away from other kids, whoever you want. And if that ends up happening, so here's my here's my here's what I think would end up happening if we go down this dystopian path. You'll end up having people buy property, and you have to have a you have to have a mark on you that says you're vaccinated, and you can't come in here if you're not vaccinated. And and, and people would have that right. That would be mm. within everybody's. I don't think it'll get there. I don't think that that's. I, you know, again, I'm painting a dystopian future. But look, here's the deal. I'm less worried about kids getting vaccinated for measles than I am about well, that's, uh, bacteria you, that are fucking that are that are morphing right now that we're not going to be able to treat with antibiotics. The way I look at it so what you just said I think is a great point because the way I look at it is let's look at both sides and look at the worst case scenario in both sides and which is worse there. You know, if worst case scenario this shit does potentially cause some of those things or could affect my kid. Or worst case scenario, we live in a world where people have dots on their wrist and you're allowed places and you're not allowed places. Which would I rather deal with? Well, I'd rather deal with that situation. You'd rather deal with like like a, a fucking Hunger Games District 12 shit than like <laughs> maybe like a one-off aberration pandemic <laughs> then wipes out and then it's a problem solved. 
Uh, You'd we, rather deal with that well, fragment Well, here's society? the deal. Of, of all the vaccines, which ones are the ones that are, that are uh, preventing uh, you know, death pandemics? Like measles, not a great thing to have, but it is up there with chicken pox. So that's not a pandemic that's going to kill people. Uh, what flu vaccine? I could see polio. That one's a little bit different. Smallpox. I could see something like that. So they're not all really. So what if the government mandated like we went out and maybe we tweeted about it? Let's say like the ones we thought were okay, and then the government went okay based off of your tweet, sir um, or ma'am, whoever you might be with your opinion on the internet. And then they, they would you be cool with that? Like if you had like Sal's top three and you, and no, you had a cool I, hashtag with it. No, is, no? I, I, I don't I don't trust anybody with the authority to force uh, people to do anything with their bodies, um, including myself. I don't think anybody has or should have that authority. And here's the deal. Speaking of dystopian uh, realities, the only true, real dystopian realities that have ever really existed were those where the government had a lot of fucking control. You go to Soviet Russia, the, there's, there are people right now in China, there are Christians right now in China being persecuted, Muslims in China being persecuted. They have a system right now where you're walking around, they have artificial intelligence watching you and can tell you can tell who you can hang around with. And if you hang around with this person, your social credit score goes down. Now you can't travel. They're just clamping down. I, that doesn't exist in free states. It, it doesn't exist in free societies. And they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But liberty is the only thing that's ever brought real equality to the small, to the, to the individual, to women, to minorities. It's what lifted people from poverty. I would rather be poor in a free place than be fucking middle class in a, in a communist country. But you're not the only country with liberty. Australia went through full stops and, all right, you guys, no more guns. One fucking shooting and that was it. All right, you kids don't oh. want to get vaccinated. Fuck it, they're not going to school. No, but it's a it's a it's a well developed. It's a flourishing it's, it's economy. It's, it's definitely a, freer. It's definitely freer. Uh, but this is the freest. Uh, no, we're not. Not even. Uh, but we're not the freest either. But there's definitely a spectrum. But if you don't have those protections put in place, um, it becomes a slippery slope. There was a there was a comedian in the UK that uh, could uh, he got in big trouble. I believe he might have gotten thrown in jail, if not a huge fine, because he made YouTube videos because he taught his girlfriend's pug how to do the Hitler salute. This is no joke. He thought it would be funny if he taught this pug to do the Hitler salute and to... Uh, and, and, and to re to react to some pretty terrible things, and it was some people thought it was funny, some people thought, but a lot of people got really offended. They actually persecuted this guy for a fucking joke. Now that's that's what happens when you don't have freedom of speech, which which they don't have. In the U.S., we have uh, we have certain protections that other countries don't have. One of them is the Second Amendment, and I'm gonna tell you something about the Second Amendment. As imperfect as it is, it's the amendment that gives all the other ones teeth. Like, how are you going to protect your freedom of anything if you if you don't have any threat of force or violence? And so that's why it exists. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't with the gun thing, <laughs> oh, man. Dude. No, dude, I flew into Vegas with the window still shot out in Mandalay Bay. I had a friend, yeah. close friend of mine whose best friend died mm -hmm. at that. That's that's a straw man argument. There's no way. Like you're not Japanese internment camps in the war. Like mm. this is this is out of time. This is Old Testament shit. Time to rewrite, right? Like I think it's well, it, the it's toothpaste is already out anyway, update. so it doesn't matter. What's that? The toothpaste is already out. There's no way you. Yeah, you, go you know how many guns are circulating in the U.S. that aren't even registered? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, we're at the point now where it's like it, it, it's kind of a silly. I, I could see certain regulations and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you would take it out of the hands of the right people, and the wrong people oh, would still have God. it. Oh God, what do I? Would you just morph into Ted Nugent with <laughs> colorful <laughs> socks all of a sudden? Where the fuck am I? Or Alex Jones on one side, Ted Nugent on the other? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
Well, we, just, we just had to get your Canadian ass fucking feet together here. Dude. Where, where are you going here, bro? Unbelievable. I'm I didn't even know you're like Mr. Healthcare guy, vaccine. Well, I didn't I even do know work in the healthcare industry. Oh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, which makes you biased. Fuck you. So well, yeah, like, yeah. Fucking <laughs> and, we're, and we're heading down the dystopian way, anyways. I've already been saying this. I think in our lifetime, we're going to have the plugged and plugged in. I'll fucking have that argument all day with you. I think that we are heading, and it's right in front of us. It's and it's going to happen sooner Dude, than later. Anarchy is 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 around the corner, and and there's nothing that government's going to be able to do. But when you have 3D printers that you'll be able to print whatever the fuck you want for cheap, patents are obsolete. When you're going to be able to print your own drugs, print your own guns, uh, uh, good luck regulating anything. And it's just, and I'm not, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's the direction it's going to go. All right, go. well, I'm going to eat you first, though. Because <laughs> I'm real prepared. No, you for won't that. because you're bigger and stronger, but I got guns. <laughs> Gotta sleep sometime, man. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Dude, always I fucking all, love talking to you. I do, yeah. I do, dude. I'm gonna one of my favorite bro, people. I, you you better not be a stranger, man. No, I'll be back. Yeah, you better come down here. Uh, even if we gotta fly your ass down here, we gotta come down here and at least visit us, and we gotta make our way up there. So, you're gonna be on the road for at least almost a year, ten months or so before you maybe settle down. Yeah, man, two weeks. Yeah, where I go, next? I go Tampa. To, all right, I got this down now because uh, I need to make sure I have a roof over my head. So go uh, Tampa, Columbus, Miami, Tampa, D.C., New York, Tampa, Bahamas, L.A., Toronto, Victoria, San Diego, uh, Whippy, Bradford, Toronto, and then it's uh, June. Uh, Is that an July. acronym or something? Oh, July. July. <laughs> Yeah, wow! Yeah, wow! Yeah, and then I got Winnipeg booked in October. And how long is that for? Uh, so that'll bring me to July. Me and Ben are looking at some European dates in Dubai, uh, UK, Iceland, mm. uh, Rome. Uh, where else? God, I gotta jump in one of these trips, dude. Oh, when, dude! When, all right, you ain't right. going anywhere, dude. You gotta. Keep That's why I gotta do it now. I gotta do that now. Oh yeah, oh, Katrina, be stoked late, about bro. that. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get my living in now. Sorry, sweetheart. Yeah, right. Good luck yeah. with the morning sickness. <laughs> no, well, well, fucking good luck, dude. You've always got our support. One of our yeah. favorite, absolute favorite people to talk to, and one of the, uh, one of the lights in the industry. Really, one of the people speaking the truth about you know fitness and uh, you know, how to apply it properly and. Um, and of course, always open to discussion and debate. And I really appreciate that about you. No, nah, I mean, you guys, you guys put this whole fucking thing on a tee for me. Like when I people, you know, when I get stopped in gyms, it's like, I heard you on Mind Pump. I saw you on Mind Pump. I heard you on Mind Pump. Awesome. So you, you guys rolled the dice on some punk ass kid. Like, what do I, we, I was doing the math the other day. A guy literally came up to me yesterday and I was like, he was talking about you and he's like, oh, do you believe he's having a kid? Like the level in which people are invested into what you guys are doing and the message you're spreading and like talking about being a light in the industry, like to engage at the level you have and build trust from like the fitness centric world that we all come in and then branch out to like, Hey, there's more to life than just inside the gym mm. and be able to do that with, with integrity and be able to do that with, with the same critical thinking you applied to what kind of gave you guys your start. I think makes you guys really unique and the impact you guys are having, like get out there. Like I want, I want you guys to not fucking touch now for a year. Cause you'll see, like, I see it firsthand the level you guys have had at the level of the end oh. user, the listener. Mm. Like, dude, I was in, I was at Gary Danko, like one of the spots in San Francisco, oh, right? Place. What the sommelier was a huge mind pump fan. Oh, he right. recognized. Wow. So they go over, they go over the, uh, the, the reservation. No, no, they go over the reservations before oh. every, every, every sitting and be like, you know, like who's, who's coming in. Like if you got presidents or diplomats or actors or whatever, like it's a fucking, it's a Michelin star restaurant in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Mm. And the sommelier was like, I know that guy. 
And so like I walked in the door and the guy had like two glasses of champagne ready for him. Like I look like a fucking boss. That's like one awesome. of the nicest restaurants in the world. <laughs> That's so awesome. And because he heard me on Mind Pump. He drove, so he drove, he drives from Sonoma to San Francisco every day to be a sommelier at Gary Danko, because it's a very prestigious yeah. visit. And in that process of years of doing that, he found you guys and he lost over a hundred pounds with your advice. Oh wow. Like wow, he, dude, we were trip. almost in tears, That's man. Cool. Like I was literally like I was with my wife at the time and I'm just she's like, Are you okay? I'm like <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Fine. But it, like, that's, that's powerful shit, man. No, and, like, that's the stuff that gets me, man. I think you man. guys got to go out there and really see, like, I mean, I don't know how you do it with like traveling and all that, but really see the impact. No, we're have. so we are actually. In fact, after this, I meet with Taylor about the first event he's got lined up for us. So the goal is for us to travel seven places. We can't quite hang with what you're doing. That's crazy. But we the goal is to get out there to seven different locations this year. We did four last year, and we're trying to do that, man. I mean, we're. I mean, everything that we've been building, it takes a lot of effort and work here. And so it is a lot of work for us to get out there. But, we, man, the few times that we have, uh, we well, always... Every time, we've we've loved it. Yeah. yeah the we, the we response all, we, we get we is all, amazing. We all talk about what a pain in the ass it is to do it, and it's not very beneficial financially. But then we all go, and then we realize how rewarding it is because we get a chance to actually meet and talk to those people, man. Yeah, and yeah. It, is, it is important. Yeah, so. yeah, the level of impact you guys have had on me... From that, the dude, me and me, you and Craig are at fucking Yard House right. six years ago. Right. You were still God, like six. Yeah, yeah, man. Wow. Like I was still like I was just starting school. I was writing for just Craig. A puppy, wow. dude. Wow. I remember you're like, who is this meathead? Like, <laughs> I, I just remember like just like the bicep vein. I was like, man, yeah, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, and then from that to like the YouTube stuff we did, and then getting on the podcast, like. You've been equally as influential on me as the guy that lost 120 pounds, as the kid in the gym in Lebanon who comes up to me who's like, oh, man, like I saw this and it got me into this. Like the domino effect that you guys have had, you guys do not appreciate or do not give yourselves enough credit or aren't given enough credit for the actual power you guys yield and you guys yield it responsibly and have such a benefit on so many people's lives. So, I mean, hats off to you guys. And Stop like, it, dude. Oh. You're going to make me all emotional hey, here. Right. Oh, I appreciate you guys. Oh, no, keep me. going. I'm not done That's yet. <laughs> <laughs> is that why these chairs are so yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we love you, brother. Love always, you, always good time having you here. I appreciate Thank you guys having us. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.